What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and television shows that accompany those universes. I am Ben Rayside, co-host on this podcast, and you are listening or watching to the Marvel Movie Marathon. And on this day, we have the very special privilege of ranking, reviewing, and discussing Avengers Endgame. 54 Marvel films we have reviewed on this podcast so far, and this is number 55. 21 Marvel Cinematic Universe movies have led up to this moment, and we have reviewed all of them, and now we're here in the Endgame, gentlemen. Well, but not just me, also introducing the gentleman who helped make this podcast possible. First off, Mr. Ethan Westloff. Ethan, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. Endgame. We say this every week, but... Who would have thought? Who would have thought we made it Not this me. Far? Not me. Not me. Not me. Right? And a lot of people li- listening might go, 55 Marvel movies. Man, how are you guys doing that? But when I look at this crew, and I think, man, I can do this all day. And I am just so excited to talk about Endgame. A fitting intro for a fitting movie. Also introducing Mr. Micah Head. Micah, how are you doing? Nice pep talk, pissant. All right, let's get into this, man. I, I'm I'm so pumped. We just had some we had some great food. Uh, we we are making this an event tonight. We made it, guys. This is I I'm just we, I mean Ben said it already, but I am really surprised that we are still friends this long. Mm. That's crazy mm. to me. We did, did it. That's crazy. Yeah. This, After all these yeah. hours of arguing that we've had, discussing, discussing. I like I like discussing we've better been because the hard times, the bad times, the good times, and the Electra. And now we're here. <laughs> yes. I will say this. I am very interested to see where this film in particular yes. ends up on a yeah. ranking because mm. it's a very interesting film. If you can even call this a film, it is such. It is so epic in proportions to. It doesn't even feel like a film. It feels like more of an event. Mm. So where this ends up on our ranking, it's going to be it's going to be very, very interesting. And I am certainly, you know, just I'm looking forward to just celebrating this moment, this movie, because at the end of the day, are, yeah, do we are there problems with this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to talk about them. But is this also a stunning feat of superhero cinema and cinema in general? Absolutely, and we're going to get into that. Let's open our sling rings and head over to the MCU. My old man, he never met a problem he couldn't solve with a belt. I thought my dad was tough on me, and now, looking back on it, I just remember the good stuff. You know, he did drop the odd pearl. Yeah? Like what? No amount of money ever bought a second of time. Smart guy. Did his best. I'll tell you that kid's not even here yet, and there's nothing I wouldn't do for him. Five years after Thanos wipes out half of all life, the remaining Avengers are left devastated and hopeless. However, a glimmer of hope appears when Scott Lang escapes the quantum realm with a new idea. Using Pym particles and the Infinity Stones, the Avengers embark on a daring time heist to undo Thanos' actions and bring back their lost loved ones. In a thrilling time travel adventure, the Avengers face off against past versions of themselves and other adversaries as they gather the Infinity Stones. Ultimately, they they succeed in reversing Thanos' actions, leading to an epic final battle where they must defeat Thanos once and for all. 
When I look back on the year 2019, this was a huge year for movies in general. And it was a, a year that really felt like the finale, final for a lot of things. For the, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there was finality. For Star Wars, there was finality. The Rise of Skywalker was coming out that year. If you were a Game of Thrones fan, the season finale for Game of Thrones was happening that year. It also was the year that I graduated from high school. And so there was a lot of endings in 2019, and this was the one that I look I was looking forward to the most. It the 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 hold that Endgame had on my life in the beginning of 2019 was it was something else. Um, but I want to shoot this to you guys first. Obviously, I, I think without a doubt we all saw this movie in mm-hmm. theaters, but what was your mindset like in 2019 leading up to this, Ethan? Well, every kind of every day since seeing Infinity War, you're just thinking about it in one way or another. And then, of course, the buildup to the release date of Endgame. You're just so excited. You were so excited to go see this movie and just see what what the heck happens, because it was kind of open that. Uh, Steve would probably be gone after this movie. Iron Man was most likely gone. And Thor, Thor was a massive question mark going into this movie. So you didn't know what the movie had in store for your favorite characters. And uh got to say, I, are, are we doing opening night when we, when we saw this? Yeah, yes. I saw this opening night. I, much like, unlike these guys, I only saw this movie one time in theaters. Ooh. Because where I can say, I sit here and I love this movie now. At the time, it was a little, I I thought it was very good, but I did not love this movie leaving the theater. There were problems I had with it and just little things like that. I look at now and I go, okay, I still don't really like whatever agree with that choice, but I really love the movie where Mm. it sits right now. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. I think it's no surprise to say that Endgame, weirdly enough, in its final stage takes huge risks with characters there's a five-year time jump and seeing where characters are five years in the future there's going to be some changes and you know uh, there are changes that a lot of people may have issues with and yes we're going to get into that but mr het where were you on opening were you in the theaters opening night for endgame i was not there opening night however I was there preview night on Thursday. Oh, okay. This was the first movie I went to for the Thursday night showing. Ever? Ever. Ever. Uh, Oh, wait, wait. I think I saw Deathly Hallows Part 2 in theaters. I don't know. That was a long time ago. I don't remember that. It was 2011. Yeah, yeah, that was... (laughs) But Endgame was a movie that... So I started dating this girl uh, in... November 2018. So that was after Infinity War already came out. I saw Infinity War in theaters, but here's the journey. So I saw Infinity War in theaters, right? I saw uh, Venom in theaters, and then I saw Into the Spider-Verse in theaters. I wasn't like super hyped going into Endgame. Like I wasn't counting down the days. Mm. I wasn't like, oh, Infinity War ended. I can't wait to go see Endgame. I was like, oh, Infinity War ended. Like that was a really great story, and I didn't even (laughs) know there was a sequel. (laughs) You're kidding. You know, uh, that was uh, that was me at the time. So when um, you know the, the months were just going by, and and uh, you know I was just doing school, doing whatever. I was in a play at the time. Uh, we just got out like a month earlier, um, and then she's like, "Hey, you busy on Thursday? You better mm. not be." Mm. I'm like, "Sure, wow. yeah, well, let, 
I'll be busy. Let's do this. So you're in the theater so Thursday night. Thursday night. Not by your own choice. Tinseltown, North Aurora. You're usually the roles are reversed in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> That's epic. Okay. She was a huge Marvel head. So that was like, this was, this had a huge effect on her. Like Marvel in general, she was yes. in theaters, every single movie, you know, Thursday night showings, all that. She felt personally attached to all these characters yes. and wrapping it up in a 10 year bow is, was huge for her. So we mm. saw it Thursday night. She paid for all her friends and me to go. Oh, um, that's a good deal. right? It there. was great. So I watched it and I was like, this is a great movie. A little long, but you know what? It was a blast. <laughs> I didn't real, I didn't feel the runtime. Um, Friday goes by, you know, I go home, I go to bed, I wake up. Hey, you want to see Endgame? Saturday morning, we watch Endgame. <laughs> what do you know? She saw it Friday night too, but wow. I didn't see it Friday night. Uh, she, her, we brought her family. Her, her dad paid for all the tickets. So that was sick. And then what was it? What was it? It was two days later. It was Tuesday. We watched it at Tinseltown with my family and my family paid for the tickets. So I didn't spend a cent that whole weekend. And I saw Endgame three times. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that Amazing. is very different from my experience. Yeah. So that was, yeah. that was, uh, that was how I, I played, uh, I played the cards right. And I saw yes, a great did. movie in theaters and you liked it. You I liked, liked it. it. I liked it all three times. I felt, um, the, I definitely felt the runtime is three hours long after three viewings. Um, but I, I don't know. I, 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 I liked it. I, that's all I had at the time. <laughs> I was just kind of a, a Marvel plebeian at the time. Okay. All yeah. right. And uh, a lot of the, I mean, I had no idea who Ant-Man was. I hadn't seen Ant-Man. Did I? I didn't remember. I think I saw Ant Man so of the Lost said Podcast. Ant Man of the Lost Podcast. You watched it after. It's disputed. Yes. I believe yeah. I saw it after because they were in theaters at the same mm -hmm. time, weren't they? Because I saw Ant Man of the Wasp in theaters with what? Infinity War. I don't remember. Infinity War was it's out disputed two months before Ant Man and the Wasp, so maybe and yeah. Infinity War had a long theatrical run. I have no idea. But okay, so you liked it. I Ethan, liked it you had some time. issues with it at the time. I I liked a lot of it. You liked a lot yeah. of it. I mean, how can it's pure fan service? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Added, I mean, this might be the best example of. Fan I had service. no specific arguments with it at the time. Mm -hmm. I was just like a casual moviegoer. But now I have a bit more critiquing to do. Mm, okay. I am. Uh, I have matured as yeah. a film connoisseur. Ooh. Ooh. Consumer when you Marvel. watched 54 Marvel movies, I Mike. I watched a lot of Marvel. So now <laughs> I feel like, well, that and um, more, I guess you'd call them artsy movies. I don't you've know. You've just grown. But you've matured. Yeah, I've, 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 I've broadened my palette more. I feel I can, I can give a better take on this mm. film. Okay. I can say okay. what things, I can articulate what I like and what I don't like about it. Yeah. As back then, I was just like, oh, yeah, it's a good movie. Spoon good. Fed in okay. So I'm 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 ready yeah. to jump in. This I'm was excited, the one that yeah. that kicked off my my uh, Marvel liking, I yeah. guess. Which is interesting because it's the ending. Yeah. Hmm. Super cool. Very interesting. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm very excited <laughs> to dive into this with you guys. Like, I, just to have it almost for almost five years removed. Also, a little tidbit, we're recording this on the same day that the very first trailer for uh, Endgame ever came out with the title reveal that it was just the 
Marvel's The Avengers official trailer. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And it had the end game and then the title reveal at the end. And mm-hmm. I just, I remember the three weeks leading up to this, I would wake up and the first thing I would do is watch an end game trailer. The marketing, I want to talk about the marketing specifically for this movie because I think it was something that Disney will never be able to replicate. Yeah. I think from the years of 2016 to 2019, their marketing department was putting together some of the greatest trailers known to man. Say what you want about Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker, all those Star Wars films had some of the best trailers ever made. And the the Endgame trailer was the most viewed trailer at the time. I mm-hmm. think now it's Spider-Man No Way Home, but both Endgame trailers beat out the most viewed record instantly when they were, I mean, in a day, this movie broke all kinds of records. And I was, I was pumped out of my mind to see it. I saw this movie eight times in theaters, Mm -hmm. three times opening weekend. And I just, I kept going to see it with people who hadn't seen it yet. And I, I just had an excuse. Oh, you didn't see it yet. Let's go see it. after this. I guess we'll go see it. again. I had no problems with this. The fifth or sixth time, I think the sixth time I watched it, I started to feel that runtime. But the journey you go on from the start all the way to the end is so emotionally satisfying mm. that I, it makes it worth it. We'll say this. Pair this up against a Hobbit movie of the same runtime. Watch a Hobbit movie eight times in a row. Tell me which runtime you feel more. 100%. Yeah. Mm. Yep. This The runtime is long, but it, it worked. I, I'm still impressed at... Like, wow, this movie's three hours long, but they still managed to fit so much into it. Yeah. And I think the way it's structured really lends itself mm. to that. Because, it, I mean, it does obey that very common three-act structure. The beginning, you have your depressed <laughs> heroes. And then the middle part is a time travel heist. And then the end is the huge mm-hmm. epic final battle. And the the end, the, the, the Lord of the Rings, the million endings type mm-hmm. deal that is very emotional mm-hmm. uh, to go through. And there, I mean, there's a lot of fan service. There's a lot of great moments in the movie. And I found myself interestingly more emotional at different. I mean, obviously you get emotional yeah. at the end, but there were some quieter scenes near the beginning and the middle that actually surprisingly yeah. got me. I'm mm-hmm. like, and we're going to talk about all of that as we go into it. But on this viewing now, four year four and a half years removed how was it mm. how was it ethan this was a really really great experience because uh we all like worked it into our schedules like we were able to sit and watch this movie without being rushed and uh uh for like the first hour i watched this alone and then my little seven-year-old brother marcus came in he watched about 45 minutes in, in the middle with me when they're doing the time travel heist and that was just such a fun mm experience for me who's who've seen this movie before and it has we've watched all these movies leading up to it i did back then and we did again for this marathon but sitting there watching it with him and just the awe and the the questions he would ask me and frankly the uh how impressed he was with my knowledge of the marvel universe really like i was like oh yes it's like it's like ethan how do you know all this I've seen the movie, man. I've seen the movie. You're an expert. (laughs) Yeah, but that was just so cool to get to watch part of it with him. But this viewing, I loved it. I loved it. What are the things he would ask about? He asked, who's that? You know, a lot. Who's that? And um, I had to sit down and explain what the heck time travel was. (laughs) Mm. He didn't know what time travel was. Oh, man. Yeah. And he was like, where's Spider-Man? Like, oh, well. Uh, he died. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, He's dead now. And then they travel back to... 
2012, the Avengers are there. Okay, why are there two Captain Americas? What is why is that Hulk angry and this Hulk is boring? You know, like what is going on here? So it's just a really fun experience to do to just watch it with him. But live reactions from an outsider. Yeah, that yeah. was a that was a main critique of the movie. Like mm-hmm. uh, like what's going on? Yeah. I have no idea because you didn't watch the other. 20 movies in order to play the hits and enjoy the hits you kind of have to know the hits yes and it really plays well for people who've seen them all but yeah that that is a genuine critique but what really stood out to me this watch was the runtime and how excellent it worked Mm. and how no part of me felt like oh this is a three-hour slog Mm. no it is just so fluid and but yes the russo brothers is their fourth time doing a marvel movie for us on this marathon, but it never felt like this is samey. This is the same as Infinity War. Infinity War is uniquely its own movie, and this is very much so uniquely its own movie. That is actually what I give it the most credit for. Yes, it kind of plays the hits, and it kind of goes back in time and shows us a lot of things we love and you know does a lot of callbacks that are really, really fun, but it never feels like they're cheap in that way. It very, it feels very much like there was a creative vision. Yes. They were unique. Like uh, it's not, I don't, I'm trying to find a comparison where it feels cheap and it's not like to go back. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like star Wars in a yeah. way, but yeah, they, they, it just never felt cheap to me. It felt very real. And I was actually a critique at the time. I was like, time travel really this is how you're gonna do it 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 felt cheap at the moment to go all right yeah we lost but let's just go back and fix things but where they really throw your curveball is yeah they go back and get the stones but they use time travel as a way to emotionally explore Mm. the big three character really all the characters that we love and that's what i really give this movie credit for is uh telling an emotional story behind all the fun the decision to make this, and really the writing shows how well it was constructed. The decision to make the original six, 22 movies in, mm-hmm. the core again, was really, really cool. To oh, yeah. bring them back. This These are the people who built this universe, and now we are going to make all six of them the spotlight. Yes, do other characters get there? Yes, there are some great moments with other characters, but you show up and are emotionally invested and almost you don't even realize how much you are invested until you get to this movie. Mm -hmm. Like the moment that kind of went, I mean, I've seen this movie how many times, but when Hawkeye says to Black Widow in the ship, we're a long way from Budapest. You just kind of feel that feeling Mm -hmm. of, oh, man, the. I mean, when was the last time they talked about all the Avengers? Mm. What how the journey these two have been on that now they're in space going off to save the universe now. And and then there's a callback there. And however many moments those has like, oh, it is so well written to me. This movie is brilliant it brilliant and even more so than you can call it fan service you can call it whatever you want oh ben you're just happy about the movie no i, I genuinely think this is one of the most unique mm. marvel films that they have ever made totally. and it shows mm. um micah though how was it this time watching uh, it for you uh real quick on that one i think another one of those great lines is all right who of you has not been to space and then like some of them raise their hands it's like Oh, yeah. Like, we totally saw these guys go to space. So it's mm-hmm. like, uh, this is the movie where they pay you back 
this is the movie where that's a, that's a big complaint right now in Marvel is that there's too many um, cliffhanger post credit scenes with nothing paid back, not even a title of a project that they're gonna be in. Um, yeah, a second biggest complaint, first big complaint is the lack of good stories to tell. That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, that like I don't care to see those plot threads continued because the projects themselves that they were in aren't as good. Yeah. Like yeah. when they call back to the the Budapest, what mm -hmm. do you think of? Oh, Avengers, the first one. Oh, the movie that I really, really love. Yeah. So or this one, uh, we're, we're going to keep it contained to Endgame for uh, nothing past this yet. Well, we'll talk about that at the end. But, uh, <laughs> um, but Endgame is the one where they finally pay you back from all your hard work of watching all 20 of these movies. And now you can finally sit here and say, all right, I did my homework. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to watch this movie. And now that we have done our homework another time uh, leading up to this in chronological order, it's all the more fulfilling. I love uh, mm -hmm. the time that they take with each of these characters, mm -hmm. uh, the three hour runtime, we, we keep talking about the three hour runtime, but this is the first opportunity where we get a chance to breathe with these characters. They give us a couple extra seconds and those little seconds make all the difference uh, where Cap gets hit and he falls mm -hmm. and you don't think he's going to get back up right away. And he, he takes a second and then he gets up and he gets ready and he's like, I can do this all day, basically. <laughs> Right, right. There, yeah. There's like so many of those little moments where you're like, we just watched Captain Marvel. That was last week's episode. Peace. And Peace. a big comparison I can make is that Captain Marvel is all go, 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 go. No stop. No exposition. We got to go because we got to get this movie pumped out. And Endgame, they feel a lot more, I don't want to say relaxed, but a lot more comfortable in this run. They're time. like, you're here. You, you like these characters. We're going to sit here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Captain Marvel. Maybe they're just trying to sell the character, but Endgame, you're already sold. You already know these characters going in. So now let's develop those more. Let's give us a second where Clint stands there and he knows that Black Widow's right behind her, right behind mm -hmm. him. And, and, and he's like, you shouldn't be here. Neither should you. Those those moments where they have pacing at all. <laughs> that, that's been a big problem that we haven't really talked about in comic book movies because it kind of just plagues them all mostly. Mm -hmm. Where it's, I mean, they're not meant to to have little moments of of peace, right? There's no moments of. But Infinity War has set the stage has passed the baton to Endgame. We got that fast, crazy, Infinity War hectic 30-second scenes with every single character in the on the MCU. And now we have cut them all down. We're down to six, right? We're down to the, our main Avengers, Ant-Man, and um, what's her name? Nebula. Those are our our main guys. Oh, and, uh, and Rhodey. Rocket. He's, Rocket. Rocket. Yeah. So yeah, we we got a couple. We're we're down to like less than ten, right? Yeah. And I think that's what this movie needed, yeah. and that is what because if it were just another twenty character cast, people would have been like, oh, it's just Endgame again. We just have or Infinity War again. Yeah, yeah Infinity yeah. War again. That's what I meant. And um, you don't feel the weight. You wouldn't have felt the weight of the loss. There's, you know, like like what Marcus said, where's Spider-Man? Yeah, where where is Spider-Man? Where's my guy? Where is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking about those quiet moments that you say, 
uh, I find it very interesting that the movie opens with Hawkeye on a mm, farm. Yeah. And it's uh, this huge movie. You have all these the- theories going in. Iron Man, Captain America, what's going to happen? And it starts with Hawkeye, a guy who wasn't even in the Infinity War. How about some ketchup? And <laughs> it's they're just talking about hot dogs. And they spend a good five minutes just yeah. shooting a bow and arrow, talking about lunch. And then they can do that in this movie. Exactly. Yes. They can't do that in Infinity War. That's why they saved it. The uh, I love the five years later. Yeah. Like even that's a good 20, 30 seconds. But I remember first watching that in theaters. You guys remember that? Like What the? You no idea that there was going to be a time jump. And. You see the number five. You're like, okay, yeah. what is it going to be? Five months? Five minutes? Five years? Okay. Uh, later? Before? I no idea. Going into this blind was such an experience. Yes. And this was the yes, first was. movie where I really felt that it was an experience. There are mm. moments. Uh, oh, yes. I mean, yeah. obvious moments where there's uh, space for applause. but Right. It I, was the first movie where I felt the, the need to applaud. Yeah. Because it was that big of a moment. And I think the experience that I had in the theater was everyone else felt that same yeah, need. Yeah. I saw this also on Thursday night and it was just in, it was electric, man. So even, many moments, even so little moments that at the time you're like, Holy cow. They did. That's so cool. And in a rewatch, you have to remember, Oh yeah, that was huge of that. Like, um, when uh wasp says you got a cap and you know, Paul Rudd's in there and he yes. grins cause that they had a big argument in the last movie about that. Yeah. But now that plays like, yeah, whatever. But it, at the time, it was like, yes. Like, it was just rewarding fans. But, Ben, this experience for you. I, ooh, I, oh, to sum it up, this was good. Yes, yes, it <laughs> was. That was me closing. It is, it solidified my spot for sure and my opinions on this one. Um, and I'll get to that at the end. But this was this is don't my cry, favorite. Ben. Don't movie. cry. No, I am serious right now. We might reach a point where I start talking about some <laughs> certain things, and I'm not kidding you. Where I, I literally. So when I saw this movie in theaters, I came home and I, my mom, she was excited for us that we were that excited. It was that palpable. No, she stayed Good up the for whole you, night, boys. No, seriously, I we got home at like 11:30, and she was like, "So how was it?" She was excited, and I, I sat there explaining the plot what happened to her and i i was crying explaining it so sitting here you laugh you laugh no 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 straight up this this is this movie right here is one of the main reasons why i am such a big fan of movies itself Mm -hmm. this movie made me feel and still does make me feel the most out of almost any film i've ever watched in my life because growing with these characters and then seeing how it pays off it is it is the best example of fan service that you can give Mm. and on this rewatch after watching 54 films the good and the bad it is it is a crowning achievement in superhero cinema and i just i couldn't help sit there and just appreciate that i lived through it Mm. that i was there on opening night watching this movie and that there are people who didn't get that experience and that yeah and (laughs) years down the road you're listening to this in 2069 and it's it's you're sitting there and you're like man okay this must have been crazy because you can't not deny that this movie 
in and of itself, even all the way in the future, is a crazy achievement. Huge. But being there, an opening night was so incredible that I don't think I'll ever have that an experience like that again. I don't think they'll ever be able to do that in the current climate. They're going to have right. to make some huge changes. But to make me invested in that many characters and to have me so invested in all of those mm-hmm. moments, we should have a couple moments that are our favorite in mm-hmm. this because there's that many moments Fine. that are so good Fine. in this. We'll like that. There, there's just a scene watching it this time. This scene really stood out to me. Um, Tony's conversation with Pepper. When I first saw it, yeah, I really didn't think that she was going to be in it because they don't show her at all. And uh-huh. they send Morgan back outside. Yeah. You know, mommy told you to save you. Like mommy told me to save you. And I'm like, oh, they're not going to show her. They couldn't get her back for this. And then they have a conversation together. And it's after he solves time travel. Yeah. And she, he, he makes conversation with quick, her. Quickly solves time travel. A quick, yeah. He does, which I, I often defend because it's Tony. Right. But. He's asking her, what's new with composting? And he couldn't be less interested. You can tell. Mm-hmm. And Robert Downey Jr. himself is just fantastic in this. He's he, boy oh, an Oscar. Come on. Why did he not? Come on. Oh, it's a travesty. Go he's ahead, so man. good in this. And he's sitting there and he's talking and, and, he, and he totally interrupts her as she's talking about it. He's like, I, I did it. And yeah. She's like, no, just so we're talking about the same thing here. I solve time travel. And they have their whole conversation about how he should throw it away he has the life that he right. wants here he has with, a he has his second chance a, yeah and he said i i should throw it away i should he lock it in a box to and throw i it should away. throw it in the water and pepper says but would you be able to rest mm-hmm. and that in and of itself just has me so emotional because i know what's going to happen you going re- forward you can rest now yeah like, dude, so good those moments those small ones there's a there's a moment with cap not to get, I just don't name moments, but he's in 1970 and he, and he gets in, he gets locked in that room for a second and there's a one way doorway and he sees the, he sees Peggy. Let's do a side note, but Peggy 30 years later, Still she aged very well. Fine. She aged very Seriously. well. Seriously. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, I, I would stay back too. I, I would stay back. Come on. But man, it. To answer your question all those minutes ago, it was epic. Good epic time. Watching yes. This. All yes. right. So to avoid like just being a gush fest for a while, let me just throw a few things out. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, the, these aren't necess- necessarily critiques, but just things. Okay. Things I'm going to list. All right. Fat Thor. Uh, Thanos dies. First five minutes. They fight a new Thanos. Five year time jump. Time travel. Any scenes of humor, all mm. the character deaths, do, do what you want with that. Fat Thor. Fat Thor. Fat Thor. It was probably the biggest. There were some Professor Hulk leaks before, I remember. Fat Thor was a complete surprise. Mm-hmm. They hit it in the trailers. They have hit a, it very well in the trailers. A shot too. of Thor powering up with his axe in the trailer. And you, okay, that's going to be the Thor we're presented, but it is absolutely not. I have a cup from the theater. And he's not Fat Thor. Like oh, poster behind us. Poster behind yeah. us. Mega. The official art is from the beginning of the movie, I guess. <laughs> does it work? Yes. To me, it absolutely does. Oh yeah. I I think there are people and I, I'm not crapping on you if you don't like it, but to me the journey and especially the journey they take him on in this movie because of his condition, I think is 
Excellent. Yeah, and this is beyond that. We're not talking about where they take him in Love and Thunder. No. We're not talking about that. <laughs> no. We're talking about where he is now. Yeah, I think it very much works. Like, Thor's been through bad stuff. Like, Frigga died. Loki died. Odin died. Asgard was destroyed. Yeah, and he powered through all that. But this one thing has affected him, as it should. Half of humanity died because of him. It's affected him that bad to where he is in such a low, terrible spot that he's got cheese whiz, you know, flowing through his veins. I think that this is a happy medium for me in between our first viewings of Thor, like our first introductions and what we see in Love and Thunder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like this is the transition, the halfway point between Infinity War and Love and Thunder Thor and I'm kind of fine with him being right here. Um, I don't like where they take him, but that's not this movie. Um, but I think that Thor, as Fat Thor, introduces um, a new layer to the character mm-hmm. in more ways than one. Uh, a layer of fat that shields him from the sadness that he experiences. Uh, I I like it. I like it. We well, got our we got a little uh, Thor Lego set right there in the front. I like him. I think Bro Thor. Bro Thor. Because, because I like it so much, it's because of his conversation with his mom. Mm, yeah. Everyone fails at who they're supposed to be. The measure of a hero is succeeding at who you are. And that wouldn't have happened without him in that state. Yeah. Which is a great lesson for anyone watching, not just superhero fat Thor, but also <laughs> the comedic moments you get from that performance Mm. are amazing however unintentional they might be just because he's a bumbling idiot sometimes but i'm not gonna i love that they're playing Fortnite in his in his little and how he just absolutely wrecks new master 69 that is still hilarious to me five years later it works timeline wise yeah it absolutely does because yeah yep (laughs) Fortnite went back just just recently um he was probably playing og Fortnite. Did you like it at the time though? At when you for I like it now, and I liked it back then even. But certainly a surprise. There are two jokes in this that are very, and I'm sure you know what the other one is. There are two jokes in this that are very timely, and the Fortnite one just happened to still work. <laughs> Hulk, dab, Hulk out, dab. Like, yes. He says dab too. Dab. Like, what are we doing? But those are the only two jokes that are borderline for me. Like, dab, it's funny. Like, he's out of touch. That could work, right? Nobody dabs anymore in 2023, but five years ago, yeah. And, and sure, maybe culture's different in the in a year where the blip uh, happened. Right, true. Different maybe world. they're still dabbing in, in 2020. <laughs> That's the only yeah, thing they, that made them through the blip. Just like everything <laughs> else yeah. that was put on hold, humor was also put on hold for five yeah. years. So, so th- this is uh, part of the, the bottom of three jokes in the entire MCU. There's there's Hulk dab. There's uh, what are those in Black Panther? Ooh, yeah. And I guess mm. there's Fortnite. And the entire Electra movie. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and yes. Howard the Duck. Duck. Uh, you can take that one off. Duck nipples. Is that a good segue into Professor Hulk? 
I think so. Many Smart people Hulk. have a problem with that one. That's the biggest one. Oh, he, he wants to take a picture with you. <laughs> I love that. I love Especially that. Especially Ant Man. Take the guy's dang phone. You want a picture with take me? It. Take it. You, you want a picture? I'm Ant Man. <laughs> Dude, I, I no, no, Paul Rudd right. is a treasure in this movie. I think I, how yeah. they use him works very, very well mm-hmm. in this movie. And yeah, when talking about this movie, it's so easy to let where the characters have gone since this movie to affect where they place them. But yeah, he's no he's no 2012 Hulk. He's no the first Avengers Hulk. He's no Age of Ultron Hulk. Brains and the brawn. Right. The brain and the brawn are one now. And yeah, we don't get to see that journey, but I think that is part of the the beauty of this time jump is how much characters have changed and kind of uh it wouldn't really be a time jump if they're the same at the end of the time jump. Mm. There has to be big changes with these characters. Like, I mean, Captain Marvel gets a haircut. Come on. Come on now. That's a pretty big change. <laughs> Tony has a kid. And it's so it it felt like a necessary change because you can't just have things the same five years later. There's no weight to a time jump if everything's the same. Mm. Does him not facing off against Thanos ruin it for you so if you i don't know this is just a callback from the first uh you know avengers movie when uh bruce and tony are having their first conversation and bruce is like i, I should have died the gamma rays should have killed me and tony kind of recalls what he said in his first movie you know uh you wouldn't uh, be here or what, what does he say he said i wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for a reason he says that to bruce and then Bruce, when they're like the Infinity Stones, they're all gamma. Basically, he's like, I was made for this. Mm. I, I really, really like that. Yes. I was made for this. Yes. I was made for this. <laughs> so you can see that through line through it. And I don't know. It doesn't ruin it for me. No. I don't think that this movie would have worked with Hulk or with Bruce. I think there had to be both. Like There, there had to be some fix for this character and i think smart hulk was a nice was a smart decision yeah it feels like not that it's immature but he feels like too imma, of an immature character to have as a part of this really deep story. i definitely agree with that because if you just had bruce banner then he'd have to hulk out at some point because he hasn't hulked out in a movie mm-hmm. and a half and then if he was just hulk then they'd have to tame hulk and that would take away from the story they're trying to tell We've already seen that before. We've already seen him be Bruce Banner. We've already seen him be Hulk. Now let's 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 set that aside. Try something new. This not, movie yeah. does new things with every single character, and that was, I think, something I said about the Avengers too, wasn't it? Was every single character gets some new cool move to do or some new cool thing that to do, and a moment, a moment, yeah. yeah. And I think we kind of missed that in Ultron. Uh, but now we're back to, to yeah. a good formula. Especially yeah. now that this is the Russo Brothers' second Avengers movie. You really get to compare the two. Okay, Josh Whedon did two Avengers movies. The Russo Brothers did two Avengers movies. Say what you want about Age of Ultron. We kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. But it very much feels like, okay, let's take what we did in the first one. Try to do that bigger, better. Amp it up more. Amp it up more. Where yes. the Russo Brothers' approach to this movie wasn't, let's look at Infinity War and just do that bigger. Because you really can't do that bigger. No. They decided let's change direction. Another fifty characters. Yeah, like, right. No. Right. They they were 
very bold in this direction. And mm-hmm. you got to factor in uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely too. The, mm-hmm. the writers who is this their last Marvel film to date that they've written? I that's a that. great, that's a great I, I question. Imagine that, what Michael. else they've written since. Who wrote this trash? Who wrote this trash? Steven. They were huge. They did more than just this. They Marcus. did um, the first Avenger, Winter Soldier, Last Civil one? War. Um, they are. They don't get enough credit. For no, sure. they don't. Russo. A lot of it goes to the Russo brothers and the actors, but those two writers are characters are only as good. As their writers. Yes. And they, if you go and watch some of the behind the scenes for both, I mean, all the movies they write for, I mean, there was huge plans for so much more than what we saw, but they decided for this one specifically to go more character driven. Mm. Um, and speaking of character driven, mm. uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Hawkeye gets a lot of time to shine in this movie, more than usual. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm. The trailers hint at Ronan. You get that in a stunning one take sequence and not in tokyo yeah not the way that the captain marvel trailers hinted at ronin no not ronin the no. accuser different, no, no. different ronin ronin a better one i a Ronin's japanese warrior i love i love that whole sequence i i never in my life did i expect to see an epic action one take in tokyo with a samurai sword i mean come on but but what's then, that what's that actor's name they they got him in there hiroyuki sanada yeah. i think and uh well, i mean he just randomly shows up he's a huge actor a yeah. lot of people show up just to cameo in this movie um robert redford being one of them and um so cool tom hiddleston when he when he sits there and they're back and forth between him and black widow seeing hawkeye at that dark spot don't don't give me hope i wish i couldn't have given it to you sooner Mm. You so many scenes at the beginning. I want to highlight that. Yeah, they make you feel so down about this that it makes when they all come back and they defeat Thanos, it makes it that much cleaner because of where the characters are. They've right. lost so much. There and- is one joke in the first thirty minutes of the movie, and then at the thirty minute mark, they do back to back jokes mm. like that. That's the first, and it's just like two little things about the sandwich. <laughs> And and then they're back into it. Yeah, like it. Amazing. They mm-hmm. they they set a tone, and they kept it for the movie, and that is beautiful. I also like the Black Panther remembers Clint's name from Civil War. Yeah, Clint, give it to me. After he said, "I don't care what your name is in Civil War." Like <laughs> yeah. that's a nice little. That's what I've got to say about Hawkeye. But, but no, Jeremy Renner gets to gets to perform. Right, he, he's an actor and. He doesn't get to act too much in these Avengers that movies, you know. I mean, mm. he has a really good speech in Age of Ultron, and he kind of is forgettable in Civil War. But here he gets some really good scenes, family scenes, scenes with Natasha. He gets a really awesome out-of-the-blue scene with Wanda at the end yeah. by the lake. A great scene there. The scene after Widow's death mm-hmm. on the dock mm-hmm. as he just kind of basically yells at Thor. That was good. It can't be undone. It, it can't be. Why don't you go fly? Use your magic camera. Go fly out back to him. Like that was a really good scene. Runner actually shows off his acting chops, mm-hmm. and they all do. All all of them. Um, do we want to say anything else about Hawkeye before we go to Widow? Yeah, let's go right into Widow. Let's jump into Widow. 
her, she's great. Yeah. She Scarlett Johansson is so mm-hmm. good in this movie. We we talked about it in our Infinity War podcast, but the cliff of killing great female characters returns. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. As good as Gamora is in Infinity War, uh, Natasha is so good in this so one. Oh, good. So good. Is her death? Is her death satisfying? Yeah. Is it? Is it worth it to that character? That's after such just a, amount of time. Such a tough question because it really, uh, yes and no. I think it works really well, and you feel the emotion and uh how what it does for the avengers is there but i don't know i don't know i i don't hate it i don't hate it 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 works for me but there i feel like there's something missing i think that's the best they can do with what rules they already established for getting that stone yeah because they had to have somebody die and they had to have it be one contained scene. That's that's why they don't cut to that scene right. in between Until the, the other ones. Because they cut between all the other time uh, the time heists. And then at the end, it's one thing. Right, right. So and that you can have the there. emotional weight going right into the... Everyone going back at the same time. And Clint just falls to his knees. And he's mm-hmm. like, she didn't make it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think it should have been Clint. You see what I've become. They have a conversation about it. Yeah. Would it have been better if it was Clint? No. Why? Because I like Hawkeye. Yeah. The well, show. Clint, Clint, Clint's story feels still present. Yeah. He's been in a dark place the past five years. He's been murdering dudes as Ronan and his family's gone. He has a reason to keep going, but it feels a lot more natural for this is what Widow's destiny was. This is where she was building to. Yeah, Nat's her own. She's her only family. She said it is with the Avengers, with the people she works with, basically. And Clint, he's got such a big future ahead of him. And when we see him in Hawkeye, the show, I love it. I love what they do with the character there. Uh, Not like the best show ever, but, you know, it's it is a great bridge. It, yeah, it's Christmas. Yeah. I might watch it again this year. Yes. It's a, a great bridge in between projects and mm-hmm. we haven't had many shows that have been good bridges. Yeah, so true. I, I like what they do with Clint. Yeah. Now what you can be throwing flags at and be like, why the heck is this is you know, our first black widow movie doesn't come until after this. That's, that's the main, like why, 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 why is yes. that now? Why is that now? Why create a Black Widow movie if you're going to kill her here? And if you're going to do, like, just thinking about placement-wise, if you're going to do, like, a prequel story anyway, it just f- feels so much more fitting to have that Black Widow movie in the slot where Captain Marvel is. Yes. If you think about it like that. Mm. Well, 100%. Having her come, Captain Marvel come in for a cameo anyway would have worked. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she's coming. She's coming down the line. Oh, yeah, but she's cool just character. cameo in this movie. But Black, I mean, she deserved it, man. They've been saving her story for a movie for so long. That's why they haven't given her much in the Avengers movies yeah. and the other. And I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't. They they mistreated Black Widow. I feel that. And I hear that's uh there was a a Marvel exec decision was to push and keep pushing this Black Widow movie further and further. Right. It's shocking how far into this we are and like. Okay, yeah, we have great female characters, but we only have two really female-led films. Like that, 
that's that's really really crazy that yeah. they kept pushing a Black Widow film. One's bad and one's worse. And I it's think it, I think it's the same executive, uh, Ike Perlmutter, Ike Perlmutter, who uh, famously said, "Yes, recast, recast Rhodey. No one will notice." <laughs> Okay. They all look. They all look the same. An actual is, quote. An actual quote from uh, Marvel exec at the time. Yeah. That's why they had to write that line in for uh, Iron Man two. Right when he walks in, here comes Rhodey. Here's Rhodey. <laughs> that's uh, that's just no pretend good. it's him. <laughs> Oof. He's good in this. Don Cheadle's great. His birthday was just last week. Oh, nice. Happy birthday, Don Cheadle. I like his scenes with Nebula, and he how he drops down on Ant Man, and he's like. What's up, regular size man? And he <laughs> destroys his tacos and stuff. I think Don Cheadle is good for what he's in there for, and I'm glad he's there at the end. Scroll yeah. Don Cheadle. Scroll Don Cheadle. Yeah, yeah. Not no. really Don Cheadle. Oh man. No, See, we're not. You the... just you no 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 no. That no. our headcanon is not that. No. Because it's not. You watch this movie, there's not that's not. But you know who but... we do see in this movie from the shows? Loki Loki. Loki. Well, Loki. Even... Even a, a deeper cut than Loki. Jarvis. Is Jarvis. Yeah. Yes, Jarvis. from Agent Carter. Sorry, I haven't seen that show. That was that was a crazy one. I haven't seen much of Agent Carter, but I'm I'm I was like, usually they don't they don't reference the shows. Agents of Shield and Agent Carter don't really get a you know any any nods, but in this mm. huge movie, they've got Jarvis there with Howard Stark. But yeah, you're talking about uh War Machine and a Rodian Nebby. I'm yes, talking to you, Rodian Nebula, and how that pairing works. Like, just all the pairings are really, really good pairings. Like, come on, Thor and Rocket. Rocket is a character that, uh, much unlike so many of these characters, seeing Rocket's most recent project Ooh. and then coming back to this, very, very rewarding. Like, yes. you think you're the only one who's lost people? And he slaps him, you know, a little raccoon slapping Fat Thor. Like, no, they've yeah. all lost people. And we know Rocket is, he's, he's lost his found family in the Guardians. And we see in future, no spoilers for that, but he he lost people before that, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I, go ahead, Mike. I really ahead. love the the pairing with with Nebula and uh, and Rhodey. I love, so they, they, she, they're standing it right outside the. That's a power stone, right? Yeah, yeah, and they just connect all of a sudden because, it. it I mean, duh, they they're both cyborgs basically. <laughs> Wasn't always like this. Yeah, me neither. But we work with what we got. What a great little connection that you wouldn't even you wouldn't even think of. Yeah, and <laughs> I love their scene before that when they're watching Quill's dance. And they just pan over to him, and great comedic timing from Cheeto. So he's an idiot. So this guy's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I love that, you know, other perspective we get from their perspective, an outsider's perspective of him just like dancing. It, it's it's really good. I love how uh, Nebula kicks one of the little things, little little rats, (laughs) at the beginning of the scene. Yes, yes. (laughs) They're just so kickable, I guess. (laughs) I'm trying to avoid talking about uh, Tony and Cap. Uh, so I'm going to go Thanos. Yeah, Thanos. They're, they're my least favorite characters anyway. Yeah, so. they suck. They blow. <laughs> Every time they're on screen, boo. Who are these old farts? Do you want to talk about Thanos? All right. Um, he's way more toned down in screen time compared to the first Infinity War. How shocked were you when they killed him at the start? Oh, shocked. It's like, what? 
Because you had no idea that they were going to do anything after this. Like, you thought that this was going to be a hunt down Thanos, get yeah, him to yeah. rip the, the, like, just a repeat of Infinity War. That's, yeah. everyone expected it to be that. And it wasn't. Because that wasn't, I mean, that was the obvious solution, but the stones were destroyed. Yeah. Use the stones to destroy the stones. I uh, hated the choice to kill Thanos, and I hated the choice to fight future Thanos at the time, or past Thanos at the time. But now, like, looking at it from both sides, mm. it's just very poetic, and it's very cool mm. to see the contrast between these two Thanoses. This Thanos that gets killed at the beginning of the movie won. He won. He succeeded. He got all the stones, wiped out half the population, destroyed the stones, died, died accomplishing his goal. Then we get this past 2014 arrogance, arrogant Thanos, where he aspires to get to that point where future Thanos was. Then he sees that point. He goes, I did it. I am that guy. I am him. I'm that's him. My destiny. You know, that's my destiny. You know, I'm inevitable, right? And that's destiny fulfilled. He becomes this much worse version of Thanos that has all that power, is so hungry for it, and knows that a future version of him did it. Mm. So he's so much more arrogant, and he has no personal connection to these Avengers. So I don't even know who you are, you know, like, but I I really like that choice. Like, I didn't at the time... I just it works so well. And yeah, you can talk about, OK, when especially when Cap, we'll talk about it later. But when Cap goes ham on him with the hammer, uh, you're like, wow, this guy is way too OP. He is very OP. But that also goes, OK, that shows how much maturity older Thanos had when older Thanos had all the stones, how much restraint he showed. He just snapped out half the population yeah. when he could have wiped out everyone. Mm. where this Thanos doesn't have any stones, but his will to just conquer overpowers that. His goal was different. His His goal goal was, was, okay, let's kill all these guys to conquer everything. Oh, but now, you know, in all my years of conquest, in all my years, it's never been personal. Right, and you see that, you see the two Thanoses reflected in the costume design, Right. Thanos looks so much cooler with his armor on, but in Infinity War, mm. he takes all that armor off. He's humanized. Whereas this, he keeps all that armor, all that armor on, and he's just painted to be a monster. This and is like him to that. be a warlord. Yeah, I like how that's reflected. His plan at the end, once he realizes it, to just kill everyone and start over. Because guess what? You're not going to be grateful. No one's going to mm. realize what you have. So I guess this isn't going to work. So now I'm going to kill everyone and start over. And They get those little interactions between him. It'll be born out of blood and they'll never know it. I'll be the only one who knows it. Mm-hmm. And you guys can't stop me. Yeah. And I really like what they do with Thanos in this movie. This isn't about, this movie isn't about Thanos. So I'm okay not feeling as invested in Thanos' story mm-hmm. as much as I was in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. That Thanos you said it, he won. Mm -hmm. That was the Thanos I was invested in. This one is a Thanos for the Avengers to beat. Mm -hmm. It's the Thanos that will encourage the, the ultimate sacrifice from Tony. And it feels, it feels no less earned, even though it is a different one. Yeah. Many people will tell you different. Yeah. There are people who disagree and hate that decision, but 
I really think it works. And I did at the time. Yeah. What? Why? Because of that reason? Because, because it's not the same or? Yeah. It, it just felt like, okay, yeah, whatever. The Avengers just straight up lost. And then we'll just go for fan service sake. We'll go into the past. We'll pluck a Thanos that we can beat the crap out of. Mm. That's what it felt like. But narratively, mm. it, it works a lot better than how it felt. And I like, I like how at the end, when Tony does snap, mm-hmm. Thanos does exactly what he does at the end of Infinity War is he goes, he realizes what's about to happen or what's been done, and he sits down. And the same music plays, but this time he's gone. He's mm-hmm. dead. And even though it's a different Thanos, you draw that parallel between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. I think they did that because they already took Thanos to every end. They already explored him to as much as they wanted to until what if, of course. Um, and now they wanted to do something different. They they needed something different or else it would have just been, oh, they mm-hmm. Thanos too. Thanos again. It's the same guy. But we already, I, I think it was a good choice to not mess with that character, give him a finite yeah. end. Yeah. That's it. And we move on. And I absolutely love the way that they bring this Thanos into the story. Oh, yeah. Like, the 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 neural link between the two nebulas, how cool is that? Yes. Like you do time travel, you better do some fun stuff, and this movie does fun stuff with time travel, for sure. I think it's one of the weaker parts of the movie for me, but just because everything is so good, time travel. No, no, no not the time travel, the nebula plot. Mm. I think the nebula Gamora parts are really just there to bring Gamora back and Thanos to the future. I don't like Nebula by herself in this movie. Ooh. I don't think she, I mean, like as much as the other characters, like she's, all right, she's all right. That's weaker link. Yeah, she's, she's okay. weaker. I don't think that her lines are as special. I think she's just there to be a, a, a MacGuffin yeah. to get Thanos to the future. Cause why didn't she just like hit the, the pin particles at any time? Cause she could have, right. To just like hit him, be gone. I don't know. How do they have enough pin particles to get all of Thanos's army out there? I don't know. That's the they biggest all, problem. The, th- the ideas are all in that one massive ship that gets through. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. And also the reason she doesn't uh, press the the thing anymore is because she can't. They have to link up to press it. That's why each one of them, they have to do it together. Oh. Uh, but I will also say this. However much I justify what happens with the time travel and coming back when you look at it very different like very intensely there are there are plot holes mm. with it and if you can sit you could sit there and it's a time travel it, movie it's a time travel movie you can do that with any of them so i choose to not do that and well, enjoy the heck out of the movie i choose to ignore the flaws you, you, and it's yeah yeah perfect movie <laughs> you open the door to just like me with howard the duck yeah okay okay <laughs> If you open the door to the multiverse, then it yeah. makes a lot more of this. Like, okay, yeah, whatever. Let's explain do that. Yeah, but I, I don't have any issues with that. I do have a question though. Yeah. Do you guys think, since this is Thanos's last film, in our, do you think that he is one of the most iconic villains because of these two? Does he hold his own in the pantheon of great villains in cinema? Yes. 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 That was a quick yes from Micah. Yes, immediately out of the theater, people were like, oh yeah, this guy, he's 
he's going to go down to the books. Like this is up there with Joker. This is up there with, I don't know who else is up there. Darth, Darth, Vader. Darth Vader, Emperor. Like this is it. And it's just because of Josh Brolin's line delivery and the lines he's fed. Like his stage presence is huge. His like, even uh, with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, mm-hmm. like comparing him to that, they both fill a room. Mm-hmm. When he's there, stakes are up. Like, yeah, agreed. Yep. Yeah, it's, you feel it. You don't when he's feel it with other villains in the MCU. You don't feel it with some other. Like Thanos is one of the greatest written villains we have seen in this mm-hmm. podcast for sure. Oh yeah, well, that's. And, that's a hundred percent. I'd have to say, yeah, he, I, I also think he's one of the, if not the greatest villain. I just, cause you get two versions of this guy ever uh-huh. or greatest villain ever or in this marathon. Yeah. Is that, okay. So Ethan, you've seen a lot of shows. What's yeah. like, is there another villain that you've got in mind? Or like a show yeah, or yeah. anything in or general. Anything. Cause you, if I'm not mistaken, you just made the claim that Thanos is the greatest villain ever. He, uh, he's other than Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin. Like I'd say Thanos is my personal favorite villain. Nothing of all lost, time. nothing a walking dead. No, lost not. is more like a lost is a character story. Lost, it's not okay. really like a villain and the walking the dead. Villain is the island. Yeah. I mean, yes, he's spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I know everything about, lost. he knows everything, but to <laughs> me, <laughs> I think Thanos is so hugely unique. Whereas in yes, Darth Vader is great. Darth Vader's first appearance, though, he's there, he's menacing, you're afraid of him, you love him. But the build-up to Thanos was hugely unique, Mm. hugely different. We get two uh, very different versions of Thanos in both these movies. And you also got to factor in, yes, the writing is great. The delivery is great. Josh Brolin just has a way about Thanos. But you also got to factor in the scenes that accompany this villain, the characters that accompany this villain. Like, say what you want about Luke Skywalker, right? And his fight with Darth Vader. But if you put him up against, if you have to tell me to pick, okay, pick Luke Skywalker or pick Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America, I'm going to pick those three Mm. every time. And those three go against this guy in some really awesome scenes. Mm. And not to take anything away from Darth Vader, but... I just think Thanos and these movies and this universe just help him so, so much. Not going to say that he can take him in a fight, but uh, one villain I think is better than Thanos writing wise is I would say Gus Fring is like the only one that would like, yeah, that would like, he's really, really good. It's similar writing. They've got that just intimidating nature in the way they speak, how they can just flip the switch. Yeah, and you, you never want to throw Heath Ledger's Joker by the curb either. They're no. just the fact that you can sit here and debate this is just really fun. But yes. to me, Thanos is kind of in a league of its own just because mm. the heroes that like accompany movie. Thanos and the movies that accompany Thanos and the payoffs that accompany mm. Thanos. Right? Like okay. I am inevitable. And you bounce that back with I am Iron Man. Like, come on. So, so good. I love how everyone has lines in this that come back a second time. Mm-hmm. They all, Everyone's got a... Thanos says, I'm inevitable twice. There's, um, you can rest now. There's mm-hmm. those lines. I, mm. 
the important lines have huge payoff. Yeah, on your left, there's, I can do this all day. Once again, paying back to the audience for paying attention, for being there since day one. It's great. What do you say to someone who says this is just fan service, the movie, and uh, doesn't work as its own film? While it is fan service, it is fan service, the movie, for a lot of it. Does it hold up as its own? I believe it does in ways. I believe they don't introduce you to a lot of the characters because they expect you to at least have watched Infinity War. That was Infinity War's job, mm-hmm. was to introduce you at least a little bit to all of these characters, catch you up on just a little bit of what you may have missed, and then they funnel you into Endgame. That was Infinity War's job, and I think they did it really well. And... I would say this kind of holds up as a standalone as its movie. own thing. Yeah, 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 like yeah, it's a it's an amazing movie, but character-wise, would you be able to follow along if you knew nothing? I don't think so. I think the threads But it is a direct sequel of any threads War. opened and closed are just enough to where you can go, "Oh, okay. I really love that." Like you have yeah. you have Steve looking at his, you know, Peggy on the thing. Like you're like, "Okay, wh- what the heck is that?" Then he runs into her in the past and you're like, Oh wow, they must have had some kind of fling, and then he's with her at, in the last shot of the movie. Okay, so yeah, you don't feel like the oh man, that was hugely emotional, but you can be like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. He he had a thing with this girl whenever he goes back. Hmm. But I pose that critique to the same critique, like okay, what if I I turn on, for example, we're we're talking about Lost. If I turn on the Lost finale and I watch that. Okay, this finale doesn't stand on its own as a great TV episode. No, it doesn't stand on its own as a great TV episode because everything was building to this. And that goes with any show, any finale of any show. Everything was building to this. It's very much a finale of the Infinity Saga. It's like the difference between Return of the King and Return of the King Extended Edition. So Return of the King by itself, great movie, but would you be able to follow along if it was the only one you watched? Maybe extended edition, they throw in all the flashbacks. They throw in everything. They, they give you the exposition. Rebecca, uh, my fiance, for those of you just tuning in now, oh, uh, we saw return of the King 20th anniversary in theaters extended. And she had only seen the first disc of fellowship extended. So she had only seen the first half of the first movie, and she was able to fully understand what was going on in Return of the King Extended Edition just because they catch you up. Return of the King also has the benefit of being four and a half hours. It is four and a half hours. <laughs> so you know Endgame is also long, though. Uh, yes, three hours. It's and, our longest uh, film, no? We, I think we've said that a couple times, yeah. Yeah. Even now, it is still our longest movie. Uh, is it longer than The Batman? Yes, it is. Batman okay. does not reach three. Okay. Yeah, the Batman's like 259 or something. It is not the longest superhero movie ever made, but it is the longest Marvel movie ever made. Is, yeah. Snyder's Justice League the longest? Four yeah, that's hours. four. Is that the longest ever superhero movie? Uh, ever superhero made? movie, I believe so, yes. Yeah, okay. like, correct me if I'm wrong. There's Shove the Captain America serial from 1946. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Captain America. Ben, do you think it holds up at his own? As its own? You didn't say anything? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, yes, and you can't watch this without watching the other ones. And sure. I think you shouldn't watch it without being 
ha- going on a journey. No, you movie. do yourself a disservice. Yeah, if you, you just, just watch this, you're, you're going on this expecting it. to know, every, like, to come out of the movie say, "Oh yeah, that was a good." It's own movie, yeah. but you've seen nothing no. else. No, you're in for a bad time. I agree with you guys. Steve Rogers, Captain America. Can we talk about Ant Man before we get to the main two. Sure. Because I wish Edgar Wright got his <laughs> early phase one Ant Man. Okay, so explain that to me because I know nothing about what Edgar Wright was going to do. I don't care about an Edgar Wright Ant Man. Why should I? Edgar Wright was. The front runner for Ant Man. I've yes. been looking this up this week, and uh, he was he loved Ant Man growing up. Um, uh, what what's his name? Arun. No, no, the the MCU guy, Peyton Reed. No, the guy, Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. He was like, <laughs> hey, I see that. Hey, Edgar Wright, you want to make a Marvel movie? Pick somebody, go with it. Edgar Wright picks Ant Man. Paul Rudd. <laughs> Well, I don't know about Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he picked Paul Rudd specifically. I don't remember that part. But, but he, he wrote a screenplay yeah. uh, with somebody else, and they were sitting on it. From like 2005 to 2008, they were sitting on this movie. It was supposed to be made later that year. Didn't get made. Uh, They're just like, that's when Edgar Wright dropped out, was after Iron Man came out. Um, Kevin Feige didn't agree with the script. He, want, he didn't want it to be as Edgar Wright-y. So the script... Hung around for a little bit. Uh, there it falls on the new Ant-Man frontrunners. They adapt the script a little bit. There's still some Ant-Man stuff in there. But if we had Ant-Man from the beginning, I would have loved to see Paul Rudd in Avengers 1 because I love the synergy that he has with the other Avengers. I, I wish we could have more Avengers movies with Ant-Man. And we That's could. Fair. Okay. We could. Um just, I would have loved to see what they would have done with you the like, character. You like Paul Rudd's chemistry with with the OG team. Yes, yeah, yes, with the yeah. OG team, with the new characters. I love how they just, it feels so history. Like, they, mm. like they've been, you know, co-workers forever. No, and mm. I love the way they bring him into the fold with just, yeah, the rat. We can joke about that, but the way that he gets to see the post-blip world is just so bleak. And yeah, it's like, what happened here? He's walking down the street and it feels very like kid on the bike. Yeah. And it feels, it feels just like Rick when he wakes up in the pilot of the walking dead, Rick's walking down the street. Like what, what happened here? What is going on? Same thing with Ant-Man walking down the street, looking at the sides, the piles of trash in the street. And it's just like, it's so crazy how they've never tapped into the storytelling that the blip has oh, and how he yep. goes to the yep. the memorial. Yeah. And he's, he's looking, Oh, where's Cassie, 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 yeah. Cassie. And then he just sees his name. He's like, what the, what? <laughs> I love how we spend some time with Paul Rudd, Ant-Man. We're just, we're figuring out what's going on too. Like, Just as he is, yeah. We're figuring out what's going on in this world. How are people affected? It's still going on. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. His interaction with Cassie too yeah. when he gets there is <laughs> you're, you're so big. Legitimately, it's it tugs at your heartstrings. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And now she's older now and switched at a new actress playing playing the character He's, too. This is a different character than what we see in the Ant Man movies, though. Like Ant Man himself, 
because uh, as, as if you may remember from our Ant Man and the Wasp podcast, uh, I was Ant Man is not a very smart character in those movies. He's just kind of along for the ride. Maybe he absorbed a bunch of stuff from the other people, but he was never smart. <laughs> and in this movie, he's like, "Do you guys know anything about quantum physics?" Only to make conversation. Yeah. Black Widow <laughs> knows more about that than he does. Yeah, I, but I'll give it a pass because we needed somebody to be smart and to convey well, this he, quantum stuff. Even he is not that smart. He just has the idea of, well, if I did it, yeah. so can you guys. I mean, you guys are the ones who are going to have to figure yeah. it out, though. You know, like, yeah. I, I'm not going to be able to do that. Mm. I just have the idea. He's the idea guy. He can't put it into place. Which is great. That's That you feels like Ant-Man to me. Absolutely. How they wrote him here, I think, was even better than in the Ant-Man movies. It yes. felt like a character that I want to see a whole movie on. Yes. Uh, Captain Marvel is in this. Mm. She is. After her whole solo movie that we ranked and reviewed last week, she has a very little to do. I do like some lines that she says, though. Endgame. I, I like how she broadens it out to a universe perspective. Yeah, right. There are many planets that don't have Avengers. Mm. You know, there's... And they're going through very similar things to you. Really good way to write her out of the whole beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Go put her somewhere else. Yes. I, for one, don't mind that decision. I no, like yeah. this focusing on the right. original people. You That was the big concern. Okay, is Captain Marvel just gonna come in and just save the day? And yeah, she saves the day. She almost at, does. She yeah. almost she saves the day at points, but it never takes the spotlight off of who we want it to be on. It really yes. leaves some question marks. Like, oh, what does what does Captain Marvel do when she's gone? What is like? Does she have a patrol? Is she part of a squad? Is there like a a dispatch thingy? I can't wait to see that in the Marvels. You know, see what she does. There was there was a lot of worry going into this that she was going to defeat Thanos and mm-hmm. so much so and there was the backlash from her movie and everything that I don't know how it was for your theater but I'm not kidding there when was Thanos cheering. shot her away with the power stone I'm not my whole theater cl- cheered and clapped oh yeah like oh yeah for many reasons but there was just like a she Thanos is not going to go down that easily and he just took the power stone and punted Captain Marvel what a across cool the battlefield. Like, that is epic. Why she didn't just Omni-Man fly into him and just whoosh, beyond me, but, you know, plot conveniences. Mm. Is there anyone else we should talk about before we talk about Rocket? Them. And we talked about Rocket. Yeah. We talked about Thor. He's given a side story. He's given there. He's there to propel the main right. characters, for sure. He's but I always love seeing Rocket. I want to make sure yeah. we don't forget anybody. Yeah, but we're gonna forget something. It's this okay. Massive the, film. It's the a rat. massive film. It's gonna be a long podcast. But Captain America has a lot more to do in this movie than in Avengers and oh, Infinity yeah. War. Yes, he has a lot more lines and, and a lot his, less beard and a lot less beard. <laughs> Sorry to see the beard go on Captain America. That was a good look, I would say. So is his regular look. But so is his regular look. Yes. Don't look at me like that, Micah. I could look at him all day. (laughs) Good. Good stuff. His beginning... You you said at the beginning, Micah, the the scenes where you can breathe are Mm. amazing. And And Cap gets the most of those, I feel. His conversations with 
Black Widow. Mm. You know, there's a lot of room to to move on and grow. I keep telling people to do that, and some do, but not us. And they sit there, and he has all the, that conversation with all the people in that small group. I love moments like that. Even cameo. now, cameo in there. He, yep, Anthony Russo. Even now, he is there, and he's still trying to do good to help people. There might not be a supervillain threat, but there is people who still need help. And I love that he's in a self-help group. And you can feel the pain in his voice yeah. just as much because he still hasn't moved on. You got to move feel on. That. You got to move mm-hmm. on. You got to move on. And he, and he lowers oh. his head. Yeah. And throughout this whole movie, you get the sense of Cap just wants everyone back. Yeah. And when he goes to Tony, I love their Let's conversation. Back together. Tony, how long, however many adventures we've done together, does this really seem so far-fetched and tony's more reserved but cap's just on this train of getting everyone back and to him that's all it's ever been about because to him he's always been selfless and his through line from this movie on i'm sure we're going to talk about the scene from avengers um everything special you came out of a bottle and then the same goes for tony this movie proves that absolutely wrong for both of them in every way. And also, Cap, this is Cap's moment. I've said it every Avengers movie. Every Avenger gets their big hero moment. And <laughs> Cap actually gets two of them. Oh. But with the main Avenger score that leads into it and their epic one-liner, when the music hits, Cap gets to finally say it completely. Avengers assemble. Was your theater going crazy during that moment? Oh, yeah. Yes. Which moment was bigger? Oh, and Mjolnir. This one or him, Mjolnir? Oh, dude, him, like him lifting Mjolnir still. I just think about the first time I saw that because uh, did you have that spoiled? I had it. You had Mjolnir me. spoiled. Yes. I didn't have Mjolnir spoiled. I had nothing spoiled but going into this. When he grabs Mjolnir and he just goes ham on Thanos. I saw actually a video popped up in my uh, feed today said is this not the greatest cinematic moment ever and it's him lifting Mjolnir and I to me like that's the greatest experience I've ever had in a theater yeah Toby Andrew and Tom is super great but the there was a, such a magic to him lifting Mjolnir yes I think uh in retrospect just like in a home viewing perspective the Mjolnir part works better for me than portals i feel that when so the portals start going we get a good five seconds per person right 10 seconds per mm-hmm. per group spider-man swings in you know and the wakandans like, all start walking through yeah there's they're giving huge. you time to clap and huge. process yeah. and it was huge in the theater it doesn't work as as well for me in a home viewing it's experience just because yeah. it's 100%. so spread out but you know in the grand scheme of 21 movies to give you this amount of time sure i'll let it pass <laughs> you think the scene takes too long i think it i think they they hang out on too many characters it should have been just like bam 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 okay you know we're all here let's do it let's fight i think they're delaying the you think their big entrances can play as a little corny now it, it, i think it was a little corny yeah because yeah. they were just kind of like i'm black panther right we're the guardians of the galaxy <laughs> flip and we're know. here oh wait wait 
Well, with Guardians well, of Doctor Strange, there was a really cool character. Where's oh, there is Spider Man! Oh, oh, Spider Man! Oh, yeah, yeah, I get it, you. I get it, you. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a corny thing that happens in the Guardians movies where they all pose and they all do like their walking <laughs> thing. But it works for me in those movies because that's just James Gunn's style. He yeah. does that in all his movies. Is like the slow mo walking down the hallway scenes. I do like the thought of Falcon being like. Can you make sure you open the portal on the left side of it? Because I have to say, I'm going to say lie. Right. It's got to work. Okay. Right. What do you think about it? It's going to be really cool. I look for Howard the Duck every time. People say he's in there. Oh, he absolutely is. I haven't seen him yet. Are you serious? And I'm not going to look up where he is. Every time I watch it, I'm <laughs> looking got, for him. Okay, where is he? Where is he? <laughs> I will say he absolutely is in there. I, I see him every... I noticed it actually my first viewing oh. when no one else did. I was like, wait, wait, wait. This no is one. just no, a sh- side yeah, note, right. but I read some article leading up to the release that the uh, Defenders were going to be in this movie. Yes. So I was like... All right, where's Daredevil? Where is he? Yes. <laughs> I I think I read that same one. You're in the, I read an Ethan of the Year. Wait. Where is he? Where is Charlie? Yes. Yes. And Charlie Cox comes in and just whacks Daredevil. Or whacks. When you think about it, whacks He crutches a brick. Foggy Nelson uh, walking in. A really good lawyer. When you think about stuff like that, though, you're like, would they even... I mean, they would take out maybe like three of them. They'd probably yeah. die. Yeah, right, right. I mean, even like Winter Soldier or Rocket. Like, what are y'all there, doing? What, are you saying what, none of the uh, none of the Marvel characters die yeah. in that fight against the meaningless? Yeah, a lot of, of them do. Yeah, a lot of the sorcerers and the unnamed Asgardians and yeah, but like none of the good ones. Yeah, yeah, they want to be yes. the good ones if they okay. Die. You know I mean, they right, get like you're hurt. Critiquing the hey. The same movie that has all of the females, main characters at once team up at oh, the okay. same point We're getting to the on the battlefield. <laughs> Can we all agree right? that the fight at the end is both the best and worst part of the movie? Yes. No. Like it has some of the best not. and worst parts. No. I think I, that I think it's epic. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw a tweet actually this week with all the Deadpool leaks coming out. It's like this is why every movie. Or this is why Infinity War and Endgame looked like PS4 video games because of the leak potential, Mm. right? And especially when I compare this final battle to the final battle of the first Avengers movie, the lack of like color and unique space is very prominent. It's just a big, empty, whatever battleground. Mm. But like, I don't hate it, but I think that's where a lot of like, you lose a lot of like the careful writing that was so prominent in the early beginning where it just, all right, dump it all, dump it all. So this is, this is something I want to throw out to you guys. Okay. Yeah. All the female characters show up, they get an epic shot and I'm not going to defend this in any way, but we also have two scenes where our big three characters also are together. Yeah. But they do something. And no one ever critiques (laughs) the fact that, these three happen to be together. We just critique the fact that the it, all the women for me, to it's be because together. why did the all the women have to be there at that time? Like, what is the motive for them all coincidentally being there? Like in that one spot, uh, they're not all like joining up to do something because they split up right after that. They yeah. don't. They're not all there to save Spider Man because he's already saved. Right. 
and they don't need to help. Yeah, Captain he gave Marvel us an epic Lego she... set. Come on. So yeah, yeah seriously, that's if, my. That's why I don't like that scene. It's not want... be, like it can be there. It just needs to why, have a reason. Why is yeah. it there? Other yeah. Than yeah. It, yeah. My issue is. My issue is, <laughs> what's that supposed to mean? People go crazy about. Oh, why are you critiquing it? It's just, it's like people go crazy for this. But you what it does, it? and it did for me, even on my first viewing, it takes you out of the moment of, oh my gosh, this is such an epic battle. Oh, oh, they did. That, that. is exactly what I thought. That, that, like, and it just it does. It's inevitable. Like Not the, that it's female led, and I don't like females. It's just, oh, okay. This is happening. It's this too is on so the nose for me. And there was no, I just need, I just need a little reason as to why they were there. If they all needed to be there to save Spider-Man, that's enough for me, but they didn't need, need to all be there. No, especially a What was she doing? She's just like She's fighting, bro. She's <laughs> just like, they, like if you watch got her it, big gloves. They just a women start appearing from the sides that they just keep walking in. And like, there's just, there's just no, whatever. Where's it is big man is. shot the like that. I don't, the, and also, the big three, there's three. This woman scene has like, yeah, 12. I know. I know. It's and it's just, like, it's funny. It's it a, is. It is. It's something that people always bring up when they want to hate on this movie. Mm-hmm. What well, yes. a scene. That is well, you know what? I can complain about some guys, too, in this movie. Uh-oh. Someone that <laughs> I don't go. like in this movie, surprisingly, is Spider-Man. Mm. I three don't, scenes he has. I don't li- like actively dislike his interaction with Tony. Are you serious? Immediately after he said, I got, I got all dusty. And then and then the, how would you know that you weren't there? You dusted before you you knew that. Wait, what do but you, he saw himself like dusting. his whole his whole interaction with Tony right at the start, like n- not not his. Yeah, I like his his dying. I'm sobbing over your dead body or whatever. But I don't know. I just felt like they. All right, uh, Tom, go in there and say some stuff and we're going to get right onto the CGI fights. That's just what it felt like to me. It felt like. All right, well, people loved him in Infinity War. We got to make sure that everyone knows that he's still the mm-hmm. happy-go-lucky little teenager, and we got to get in there, squirt. <laughs> but he is, though. Yeah. He but, still is. Like, five minutes ago, he was on Titan helping the Avengers fight Yeah, Thanos. I know, but that's not how he... I don't know. It didn't seem in character for <laughs> I him. I hate it. I don't know why it. It seemed too it. far in, like, the that direction. You know what I mean? It's not as... You saying it pulled you out of the moment? It pulled me out of the moment. This viewing, it didn't before, but this viewing, I noticed it, and it was like, would he be aware of it? That I don't know. Well, he's not. He says, I, I, I guess I must have passed out, but because when I woke up, Doctor Strange was right there. Like that's mm. what he says. Like, I love. I do. Holy cow! You're not gonna believe what's going on. Do you remember when we were in space? That was literally milliseconds ago for him. Remember when we were in space? Like, why would he say that? If so here, you also got a factor. Yeah. Got- and I got all dusty. Okay. And I must have passed out because I woke up and you were gone. But Dr. Strange was there, right? And he said, it's been five years. Come on, they need us. That's why. He and he started that. doing the yellow sparkly thing that he does. It seems too dumpy for me. I like it. It seems too I dumpy for me. I yeah. like it too. But Well, because you got to think, fair. Bruce Banner snaps. That's when they all come back. Yeah. And then how many more minutes of runtime before they come through the portals is that? And also Dr. Strange tells him that to Tony, it's been five years. So Mm. that's why he says, do you remember when we were in space? It's just a lot for me. 
in one line. I like that he's word dumping though, because the, Tony is just like, "All right, I don't it's even like, care. I'm, I'm just glad you're back." Yeah. Yeah. And they hug. The reason like, why Tony joins the fight in the beginning of the movie—it's quick. Yeah, it's forgivable. It's a little thing for me. I'm nitpicking because this movie's really good. That was just something. But one Cap, of one we of were, one of a few we things. Were, yes, we were, we were trying to we talk about Cap, Cap, and something yeah. happened. There was just epic moments with Cap, and I'm sure we'll get to it with favorite scenes and characters and stuff like that. But I think his uh, his ending is amazing. The last scene with Falcon, mm. um, just he's old now. He he made the decision to be selfish in mm. the life that has just been been the complete opposite mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i love that i love that he goes back and stays with peggy no. and i love that that's the very last shot of the movie no. oh so good i don't think i will i don't think i will no, i don't think i will <laughs> what it looks like so, Joe Biden, and man. something that people like yeah well, the movie's so loved and then it takes so many swings critiques are thrown critiques are thrown oh why didn't why didn't bucky get the shield mm. okay yeah you you clearly see like by the looks exchanged, Bucky and Steve have clearly talked about this. I'm sure Steve wanted to give Bucky the shield. And Bucky's like, no, it's it's definitely best to give it to this guy. Ex-military, fought for our country. He will represent America so well. And mm-hmm. he's, he, he can't have an ex, ex-Hydra agent representing Captain America. Nope. So they talked it over. He gives him the shield. Works really well in the moment. Once again, we're not talking about what they do after. I gotta rewatch that show. Right, we're not I talking feel like about I that. gave it a bad rap because it was so early, but yeah, no, I, and that scene to me, they play that. I want to talk about the score too, but they play the original Captain America theme during that scene as he the, as he passes on the shield. Mm-hmm. To Falcon, which I love. It's amazing. Alan Silvestri did a great job on what, the score for how this. How did that feel first watch? Because first watch, it felt really, really sudden. I knew I knew um Chris Evans was done, and you you felt like, okay, what are they gonna do at the end of the movie to write him out? So you knew that was coming, but from a narrative perspective, is it too like okay, he's gonna go return the stones? Oh, now this character you love is gone forever. Or is that part of the charm where he's ripped from us? That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Falcon even says it. Mm-hmm. The only thing bumming me out is I have to live in a world without Captain America. Mm-hmm. And slowly as through that conversation that happens, you start to realize that you're going to have to do the same thing mm-hmm. from now on. Mm-hmm. There is a Captain America, but it's not the Captain America yeah. we grew up with. And it's like, oh my gosh, holy cow. But that also couples with it because you it's sudden... But then you're like, you sit there and think, oh, man, he has had a whole life. What did that look like? He's got a ring now. Do you want to tell me about her? No, no, I don't think I will. And then it goes back to that. And then you're emotionally satisfied. It seems sudden at first. And then I like it from that point on. Mm-hmm. That was how it was for, I mean, yeah, at that you point, I was just sobbing. The, um, helps you feel the weight of being ripped out. Yeah, it was good. Yes. It was good. And I... Would love a movie with Cap returning the stones if they ever want to do that. Also, you don't need it. No, absolutely not. Kind of the same thing with the time jump. It it brings meaning by knowing there's a story that we didn't see. Mm. Like there's Ooh. there's meaning behind that. Okay, we don't have. That's something that a lot of franchises are falling into. Like 
every story that can be told in this time frame, let's do it. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. give you a story about how they got the Death Star plans. Okay, that turned out really good. We like that movie a lot. But do we need that? We don't need that. Or, oh, let's tell a story about Kenobi about- in between episode three and episode four. Okay, sure. We don't need that. You yeah. can try. Yeah. See if it's any good. Good point. So, yeah, we could get a movie with him returning the stones. Do we need that? Yeah. We don't need that. That's fair. I like the elevator scene. I like the so, Hail Hydra. So Come so. on. That, they do such a good job at, like, uh, especially with the this 2012 the Avengers stuff. They can do that. So, in. It and is. We love those moments. Yes. Come on. The whole time building up to it, he just knows how to play the game. Hail Hydra. I like him fighting himself, too. That's a good fight. Bucky is alive. He knows exactly what... Like, he just... He's played the video game before, and he knows exactly how to beat every level. <laughs> that was a cheat oh, yeah. code. Yep. And now he's just a pro at it. Captain America's written excellently in this movie. Um, but not as good as... You could argue oh. he's as well-written as Iron Man. But Iron Man also is... They're just they're the two two guys. I think Iron Man's just Tony. Uh, he's acting his butt off, man. <laughs> Tony has a kid. Yeah, yeah. Morgan Stark. Wow. The foreshadowed in Infinity War. Yeah. Tony Stark himself is a huge part of this movie. There was Oscar campaigns for him. People wanted him to go on a campaign. Should have got it. Should have gotten it Come for on. sure. I agree. I, the fact that RDJ. Robert Downey Jr. plays this character. Wait, what is this appearance? Let's do so. Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3. His Hulk. His Hulk cameo. Okay, that's four. The the four Avengers films, <laughs> nine. Civil War, ten. Uh, Homecoming. Homecoming, 11. Okay. 11, if we counted right. 11. More than half of the movies then. Yeah. Yep. He has been this staple of this franchise and it almost felt like they should have done a return of the King esque with, with RDJ where mm-hmm. yeah, all these other projects before like fellowship, we ignored it and two towers. We ignored you guys, but here RDJ after all these performances, here's your award. It it just, it just, this to me is the yeah. clearest uh, display of like, Oh yeah. Superhero movies. You're not cinema. But come on, come he he. I don't know any other performance from whatever this year was that I remember like this. Which one won Best Picture? I think it was The Green Book in 2019, and I think Vigo won Best Actor. But Green Book, yeah. Who won Best Actor? Yeah, even I can, if I can go through awards if you want. Eh, you don't have to. This podcast is already long enough. But who won? Who won Best Actor? So That's the one was, I want. Not even nominated for Best Picture. Nobody from this was nominated. Oh, I, okay. I take that back. Bradley Cooper was nominated for uh, Best Actor in A Star Is Born. A Star Is Born. So I guess that kind of counts. <laughs> yeah. um, we got one, kind of. Remy Malik won from Bohemian Rhapsody yeah, for Best Actor. That's what it was. Um, I haven't seen wow. it, but I know he didn't do it since Robert Downey I Jr. saw it at the Paramount Theater in Aurora. That was pretty I... cool. Is his performance as memorable as RDJ's? Into the Spider-Verse did win Best Animated Feature. I don't uh, like Queen. That's why I have Bohemian Rhapsody. Say it again. Don't like Queen. You don't like Queen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Uh, but Endgame <laughs> was nominated 
was nominated, here we go, for Best Visual Effects, and won... Best Visual Effects? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> it won nothing. Neither did Infinity yep. War. Look at this. Um... Our top four, our top four in the box office, Infinity War, Endgame, No Way Home, Avengers, not in that order. Uh, all nominated for Best Visual Effects, won nothing. They had to throw one of them. Like, they had to throw one award. Yeah. Two of them. And they always go visual effects. I believe they won. It wasn't a real Oscar, but like a fan pick thing. There was like Including, a. This a, movie didn't even win fan moment of the century or oh, whatever that's that, true. Whatever that was. When was yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, a couple of years popular ago. Popular film category. They gave it to The Flash. <laughs> the Flash in Let's Zack go. Snyder's Justice League. Cool scene, but not better than multiple scenes from this movie. Was yeah. it from Zack Snyder's Justice League or yeah. normal Justice no, League? No, not normal. Normal Justice League, that moment doesn't even happen. What do um, they call they, That's called the, like, something fan service moment of the... Yeah. I haven't seen it. Of, of the lifetime? The best fan service moment of the last 10 years or something like that. Yeah, okay. Go yeah, ahead. It was absolutely stupid. They actually came out and said that the Snyder fans had rigged the they did. Yeah. poll in some way, so... It makes me ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. As you should be, Ben. Um... I just there's a scene at the beginning with Robert Downey Jr. as he's talking to Cap, and he's like, he's just laying out how we're failures. Mm -hmm. You and, and I needed you. It's in past tense. That trumps what you need. It's too late, buddy. That whole scene is amazing. Yeah, they, they do some little Steve Rogers special effects on his body to slim him down really a lot, and also his opening scene with Nebula. That whole little football thing with the the finger football mm -hmm. scene that was epic, and then him recording the note for Pepper is such a great way to start the movie out. Mm, yeah, and then you're taken on this. Brings epic you down a ground level, gives you uh, some, gives you a little bit of uh, connection with Nebula. So I, I felt a little closer to Nebula yeah. in that. But but as for Tony, like I'm already so invested. Give him a daughter. I mean, how much more investment do I need to have in this already great character for it to feel that much worse when he does go at the end? Now he's got yeah. a now he's got something to live for, not yeah. just a family in the Avengers, yeah. a legit family. But would you be able to rest? That's the line that I keep coming back to, and it's just, oh man, it's so good. His um, you talk about the small moments, the scene with his dad. Mm, yeah. In 1970, that was so so good. Are you kidding me, man? So good. Come on, so yeah. good. He it, did drop it, the on pearl. It was great. Yeah. No amount of money ever bought a second of time. I never thought he would get resolution with his dad in Endgame. They right. would take time out of their beefy runtime in the biggest movie ever made to. Help him out yeah. with his dad. Help him on his own journey. They yeah. they they are contrasting their kids. I have a daughter, you know. Oh man, I hope it's a girl. Less of a chance she turn out like me. Come on, two veteran actors here. Mm. Who, I mean, even even uh, Slattery, I believe is his name. I'm forgetting his name, but he's been with us for a while since Iron Man Two. Yeah, yeah. And we get to see them have a great scene together. He wasn't in Cap. No, no, that was someone else. That was younger. That was young Howard Stark. Yeah, yeah. This one is the older version. And man, is it so good. Stan Lee, during that scene, hey, last man. cameo. Make love, not war. Make love, not war. 
Very fitting. That yeah. was good. That fitting was good. Effort. And um, I love the Hank Pym cameo with an oh even gosh. younger. Uh, yes. What's his name? Whatever the hair. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Dude, Holy that, cow. I love like the because they're in 2012, right? They don't have enough Pym particle to, to jump back. They flub it. Loki gets away. And you're sitting there. What, what are we going to do? Hmm. And he he's like, I got a hunch. Got a hunch. And then they they go on it, and, and Amos is so, like ratting on the whole time, like, yeah, yeah, you only have one shot. If this doesn't work, you're stuck. Thanks <laughs> for the pep talk, Pizan. Yeah, yeah. Love that line. Yes, that's good. But so fun the way that they use time travel to emotionally explore every character that really goes on a journey, especially the big ones. Yes, we get, uh, you know, Tony literally confronts his father that's huge cap sees peggy and everything is realized like man now that i see her again and she's here it's possible i do want this i do want this and he's able to think about that and then thor he's able to talk to his mother Mm. he never got a resolve with he's able to get that she picks him up when he's down and then we get uh, this is more of a scene with the two together, but you know, uh, Clinton, Nat, we get them together in the past, soul for a soul. So it, I just where it can feel gimmicky to do time travel, how they use it to explore the characters' emotions, I really just really love. Yes, the decision to, um, for Iron Man, um, specifically, I just. Ben's gonna no, cry, no, 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 guys. No, 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 no. Ben, if hey, you cry, I'm gonna put it in a it's short. Three hour run, it's the three hour run time, so we can take our time. I don't know, man. I just it takes me back to a time when when you look forward to to these movies, yeah, you had all of these characters. You don't get that nowadays. But when I when I was sitting there, I don't you don't realize that what you look forward to so much is these characters having more scenes together, having new scenes together that you haven't seen, that you care so much about. And here it is, three hours, with the best character, some of the best characters ever written for film. Mm-hmm. So long they go on these journeys. And now you get to sit there for three hours and watch Cap have these amazing moments and Iron Man have these amazing moments with his family with their family, they're continuing. And it's it's yeah. just, it's something truly special. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't think we'll ever see that again. Like, no. ever. Ever in the history of our lifetime. And if they do, it'll be so, like, fabricated. The The right? coolest part about the MCU is how, yeah, it's, it's synced up, but it also is so messy and how they make that work. No way when they wrote that first Avengers movie with Josh Whedon that they knew, like, yeah, this is where we want to take these characters. This is how we want to pay off these arcs. They didn't know that, but then how they roll with that and what it builds to. And when you look back, how cool that is. And the way they pay it off specifically like after he dies and they go to his funeral and you see the wreath, I guess. Mm. And in the middle, it's proof that Tony Stark has a heart. <laughs> and it, Are you kidding me? They take it. They, they bring it back. From from the first Iron Man movie, yeah. stuff you hadn't thought even about, and yeah. then it's like 
the fact that they're doing that it's perfect mm-hmm. it's perfect that i and then as it pans across every character that tony's impacted even uh what's his face from iron man 3 harley yeah yeah he's back for a brief cameo in that sequence they didn't have to do that and then then the scene with happy and um and morgan the cheeseburger scene tony used to eat cheeseburgers <laughs> dude I'm not kidding you. From the moment Tony died, I was bawling my eyes out until the end of the movie. Like quiver lip, everything, man. <laughs> even this, even on this rewatch, I shed a tear. Oh, I'm not kidding. Yeah, like, yeah, it means that much. Even now, five, almost five years removed, that's how much these care. I mean, and yet we watched all the over the last two years, almost every other week, every week we've watched a Marvel movie, and having it spread out has made it no less hit no less harder. Than it has mm-hmm. it's just it's yeah. something special it is it, it really is that's why this movie is always referred to like oh yeah mcu's never been the same since endgame i mean you're not wrong it's hard to be the same since endgame yes is there anything else we want to talk about before we get into the end there was a like the end of our cast before we get to favorite scene favorite character was, and then uh, obviously the ranking. I was just scrolling through here and uh, I found, you know, I was scrolling through the trivia and I found the um, Captain America. Uh, you know, at, at the end, there there was a lot of discussion as to whether or not Captain America should have been in the same timeline. You know, so he, he goes back in time. Yeah. He lives his life with Peggy. Um, people right outside of the movie, they were like, all right, they explain time travel in one way, where if you change something, that is a different branch. You yeah. don't like live yeah. in that branch. Mm-hmm. And yet here he is. How is that possible? Bunker down. Yeah. Bunker down. How does that work? Well, I think the Russo brothers confirmed the brothers, that he yeah. jumped back to this timeline. Yeah. Yes. They yeah. haven't confirmed how, but they just, oh yeah, yeah he, he grabs enough pin particles, particles to do that. Oh, okay. Because he only needs two to bring him and Tony back, one to send him back to the past with Peggy, and one to bring him back to Falcon mm-hmm. once he's lived his life. Sure. There it is. Okay. That's how you, that, I mean, that's, that's how I see it. And it works. To me, that logic works. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm over it. It's a lot times. more appealing to look at it that way than the fact that. Oh yeah, this cap just kind of like hid in Peggy's basement. Yeah, for whatever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> eighty years. Well, here comes Nick Fury. He's looking for a cap, not me. Not me. I'm married. Yeah, Ethan. If you had to pick a favorite character uh, in Endgame, keeping in mind that this is your last time that you can pick certain ones. Yeah, I know. Who I know. would you pick? Howard the Duck. <laughs> Mike, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save Howard the Duck for you. Oh, thanks. Uh, Logan. Logan is my favorite yeah. character. Oh man. I'm gonna pick Daredevil. I don't I don't wanna Ben, can you go first? I want you to go first because there are certain characters that we all love and want to take, but I want to want to give you the floor for this. Captain Cap- America. Happy. Steve Rogers. I will absolutely take him. Uh he, he more so than Iron Man on this journey has meant more to me as a character, even though I think Robert Downey Jr. has the best writing overall. Um I think that Captain America, through his journey in this, you know, you talk, you talk about the Avengers sequence, you know, 
everything special out of you came out of a bottle. Clearly not. He wields Mjolnir into yeah. he has two of the best moments in this movie, maybe the best moments in the movie. And he his ending with Peggy is amazing. And I want to highlight Alan Silvestri's score for this. This is my favorite score in the Marvel movie marathon. And it even is still to this day, I would say. Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse might come close, but Avengers Endgame is an amazing piece of film music. And he brings back Cap's theme many times during this, especially when he fights Thanos. The Cap theme plays very triumphantly, which is epic. And I... Captain America is without a doubt my favorite character. This is be my last time to pick him, so yeah. I will absolutely pick Steve Rogers. Micah. Well, before Ethan picks him, <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick Ant Man. Oh, oh. <laughs> whoa! <laughs> uh, actually, I'm going to pick Ant Man because I whoa. I was just very surprised by how much I enjoyed his presence and his uh, his just. His riz, his charisma, nice with the rest of the cast. Uh, just how he is like the guy that moves the plot at the beginning. Uh, I love the five minutes we get to spend with him discovering what's going on. You know what happened here. Uh, it's just, yeah, I love, mm. I love how he came out of nowhere and just surprised me like that. Wow. He has, some and great- they give him that thing at the end where there's like, oh yeah, we we've got a car. And then they, and then they run over there and they they go and fix it and then it gets crushed and then they're like, oh, we can't do it anymore. Mm. But it, it's just another level to raise the stakes and uh, you get to see time flow through him. Uh, somebody peed his pants. Just me, me. <laughs> just me, me. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, the the selfie bit, it's great. Uh, and he's not. I don't feel like he's comedic relief. I feel like it's one of the more natural because when you think comedic relief, yeah. you think like Jar Jar Binks. He's not Jar Jar Binks. I agree. He's not like modern Thor. He's just he's, he he adds right. he adds yeah. a lot to the to the scene. Mm. It's great. Okay. Well, guys, I tried. I tried handing him off. I threw him over to you guys. Where did it bring him back to me? You can say happy. Ooh. You can say happy. I could <laughs> take happy. No, oh. I'm, uh, Iron Man. Come on, this I've cheap, talk, cheap, I, cheap, cheap, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Logan, <laughs> Logan. <laughs> I'll take Tony Stark. Come on, we uh, we started this journey with him, and it's just so cool that um, we get to end it with him. And we talk, we've talked about it throughout all these podcasts, but just the journey they take him on. Ben already referred to it take off the suit where are you you know billionaire genius playboy philanthropist i know guys with none of that worth 10 of you okay you're not the type of guy to to crawl under the wire let the or lay on the wire let the other guy crawl over you he's like no i would just cut the wire right he's not the one who's gonna make the sacrifice play and here we are all these movies later whatever his 11 projects and he he makes that sacrifice play and the way that it that specific scene plays out is you have all our Avengers here. They're back. You bring them back. Okay, if we can't defeat Thanos now, we never will. And it comes down to, okay, Thanos has overpowered everyone. But what wins in the end is Tony's character, the journey he's been on, and the tech that he has created. The Nano Gauntlet was able to transfer the stones onto him, 
get the one of the best shots in all film history. Yes. All the stones filling his hand. After Thanos goes, I am inevitable. You're you're. I'm diving into scene. I'm I'm trying to. All right, I won't dive into scene, but uh, Tony, I take Tony. I just seeing the journey that he's been on, and you highlighted the writing. A character is only as good at his writing, and it is just so cool that with all these different directors and all these different writers that have taken on Tony Stark, that he has kept the same core throughout it all, and he throughout it all, and he's been able to grow through it like yeah. we talked about it in our civil war podcast how he was completely different from where he started and they just build on that even more so tony stark tony, thank you cap ant-man that are your those are your avengers picks that's the uh, avengers that's the new that's the east coast avengers my favorite scene is avengers assemble it has been since day one and even now it still rings is that true like as... portals into avengers assemble the portal sequence. Okay. The portal yeah, sequence. Like, uh, Avengers assemble into from when Cap stands off against the army and just looks out. There's that epic wide shot of the okay. army. That whole sequence until he says Avengers assemble. Okay. That scene specifically is my favorite one. It elicits the most emotion out of me. It gets me so happy. Even to this day, I get a smile on my face as I see everyone come through, and Cap has that moment of relief. It's not just going to be me anymore. I, I can do this with everyone. Everyone can do this all day. And Avengers assemble. He finally gets to say it. The music during that scene is also just beautiful. The the Russos have an interview and they, they're like, yeah, this moment was good. And then Alan Silvestri came and he made the music for it. And <laughs> yeah, it was perfect after that. So it the portal sequence is my favorite. My favorite one. Micah? Do you have a favorite scene in a three-hour movie? Yes. I'm going to take the funeral scene Ooh. because it's, one, very impressive that they got everyone there in one shot, that mm. no digital... They told Tom Holland it was a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> it was a wedding. <laughs> yeah. They got everybody there, even the guy you don't even remember from Iron Man. Was that three? Yep. Everyone was like, oh, this guy's here, and this guy's... Who? Who? <laughs> everyone, you know, immediately... Who's the guy in the funeral scene? Yeah, right. You're not a real one if you didn't recognize the guy <laughs> in the funeral scene. Eight years ago. It does ago. look really different, though. <laughs> yeah. Age does. I love the swelling music. Uh, I love how everyone's there, and you just see how everyone's lives were saved by this Iron Man guy. And he finally, like, has that peace he can rest mm -hmm. and i love it it's perfect it's perfect yes. yeah. what a great way to end a movie if only there weren't 20 minutes after it. <laughs> yes <laughs> that that's true yeah what's Ethan gonna pick um i'm gonna go with this as theme. guardians of the galaxy <laughs> <laughs> yes that's cool that's good well i do love the movie they sat up there in the future oh yeah thor's gonna be with the guardians very you love cool. that movie that they set up right. not the I movie that not the movie happened. that we get uh <laughs> uh i'm gonna go with the scene right after tony snaps and then he's lying there Ooh. peter comes up and he's like uh we did it we did it mr stark we won you know and tony just he's just there and he's so weak he's dying and pepper comes over she's like you can rest now and then the shot of her hand on the arc reactor as the arc reactor dies. And the feeling you get, you're like, oh, this is truly the end. 
So that that's my favorite. Scene. I do love the small buildup that they have too. They're like Jarvis uh, status, mm-hmm. and you know, conditions Com- critical. No music, complete silence. Mm-hmm. You can hear the fire in the background, but that's just one of the many, many, many great scenes that this movie gives you. You can pick. I think that's all the scenes actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's every scene. Yeah, all the good scenes. The we, we we set them. There's a Scar Joe eating a sandwich. So I, I will never forget where Hollywood Reporter ranked this on their review. It's <laughs> actually one of the reasons why we always refer to it as this. But Micah, if you could remind us about that score along with the internet score well, of Avengers Endgame. Endgame made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Endgame made a lot of money. Uh, opening weekend, I made $357 million. Domestically. Dem- no, it made three hundred fifty-seven million dollars. It's opening weekend. I think that's domestically. I think that's it did. I know that globally, it made a billion in its opening, opening weekend. weekend. Really? Yes, there was a record for that. Wow! All right, so then I, I know this that first for column sure. Is uh, this first column then is? Oh wait, I have to do a record. Domestic, domestically, it didn't make over a billion. But internationally, yes. when you combine the two, it did make over a billion dollars in its first yeah. weekend. Yeah. All right. So it made a lot of money. Yes. Uh, globally, in total, as of right now, two billion with a B, seven hundred ninety-nine million four hundred thirty-nine thousand one hundred dollars. Mm. It made almost eight times its. Budget of three hundred fifty-seven million dollars, which Dang. is the largest budget total. They gave um, they gave uh, Infinity War Endgame. I think it was like a five hundred million dollar budget. They yeah. split. Things went both ways. Uh, estimate three hundred million went to Infinity War. Three six three fifty-six went to Endgame. A little bit more went just because Infinity War made so much. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh man, Marvels is the third highest. <laughs> Didn't budget. the Marvels make two billion dollars though? Yeah, yeah, the Marvels made two billion. Uh, <laughs> Ouch! Lost two billion dollars. <laughs> Ouch, man, that's rough. Dang, that is rough. I didn't know that it was the third highest budget. Spider-Man three coming in below it. Wow, man, Guardians three. Okay, anyway, or is that No Way Home? Um, that's Spider-Man three. Oh, yeah, two thousand seven. So. On to our scores. I'm recording too. Uh, mm-hmm. Just so you know. I got it. Um, on to our scores. Hollywood Reporter ranked it. Oh, wait, wait. We'll, we'll do internet scores first. Sorry, I'm a little flustered. You're good. Endgame. 94% Rotten Tomatoes. Critic. 90% Audience. 78% Metacritic. Weird. 7.9 out of 10 on a Metacritic user. 8.4 out of 10 IMDb. Dang, 8.4? 8.4 and a 3.9 on Letterboxd out of 5. Averaging out to an 8.3 out of 10. Making it where in our internet ranking? Fifth. Mm. So Fifth. Our, our top five for internet is Across the Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse, Logan, No Way Home, Avengers, Endgame. Wow. Then Iron Man. That is surprising. Yeah. So... um. The infamous. The infamous Hollywood Reporter rating. As you guys can see, 
Uh, Endgame barely makes the screen here. <laughs> you got to squint and really yeah, you got to really squint down pretty far because it is it is in the green, boyos. <laughs> that means it is in the bottom half. <laughs> Just that's terrible. Slightly worse than Thor, apparently. Oh, <laughs> you know what? You know what? Let's do a little something different today. Whoa, <laughs> we are going to our list. The Hollywood Reporter list, and we will read out what they say. Why they? Why, why do they think we haven't read these before? Is this heroic tragedy screwball comedy, or the most self-important TV clip show the world will ever see? Riddled with tonal miscalculations and fan service <laughs> that managed to pander without satisfying, okay. Endgame had its pleasures. With a decade of groundwork laid, how could it not? But the series' ever-inflating self-regard was exhausting. And not in a, we just saved the universe kind of way. Let's not get started about those closing credits. I mean, come on, guys. The closing credits? That's what you're... Let's not even get started. The great closing credits. These these people need to be found. Good, Good for you, Hollywood. Go up. Scroll up. Does it give a list of who wrote this? Yes. Who? Who? Let's say we always say that about the movies, but who wrote this trash? Yeah. <laughs> Our favorite people: John DeFore, Leslie Felperin, and Jordan Mincer. Jordan Mincer. Do they offer links to these people? Yes. Oh, there are. They have bios. They are full time. Oh, we might have to read the bios. Find them on uh, social media. And- uh, Jordan Mincer is a contributing Paris Bates film critic for the Hollywood Reporter. Okay, good, good for you. The uh, good for you. Oh boy, we are we're lagging. They don't expect us to look at these things. No bio on John. He deleted it after yeah. the backlash for this <laughs> he list. Quit. And Leslie is a contributing film critic at Hollywood Reporter. So I guess U.S. based. That's who wrote that trash. Yeah. So that's who wrote that trash. Um, It is trash. Thankfully, we don't care where they put their movie. That's right. They say uh, is terrific. It is seventh place. It is our assumption that they off of memory aggregated their scores and just went like yeah that's where that goes yeah that's fine that's wow. not what we did here we watched them we watched each and every one and now we're ranking them that's right and mm-hmm. now it's time because those scores don't matter they don't Gentlemen, matter this right here this is it is what matters guys our, our third to last movie name the name the top five right now in our list micah top five in our list goes to Avengers Infinity War at number one at a 9.8. Second place, Captain America the Winter Soldier at a 9.80. Other one was 9.83. Logan, third place, 9.73. Fourth place, Into the Spider-Verse, 9.70. Fifth place, Captain America Civil War, 9.46. Avengers is just after that. Okay. Civil War, man. Number five. Okay. Uh, All right. I will get mine out right away. I think there's no surprise that I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. Oh. Um, I will come right out of the gate and say that, yes, this is the greatest cinematic experience I've ever had in the theaters. Still to this day, this movie affects me very much. 
And I don't think I will ever not love this movie and what it has means to me personally. Mm. Um, I could go into way more depth, but you just listened to me for almost two hours. So I will keep it short and sweet. 10 out of 10 for me. Mr. Het. Oh, not Ethan today. All right. I'm saving uh, you for last. I'm saving the yeah. best for last. Oh, I've don't, got the worst take. Don't so it's, do uh, me like that. This movie uh, sucked. Not enough Ant-Man. Uh, you know, could have had Edgar Wright write this one and would have been way better. So all in all, I think uh, when you're when you're going to grade, when you're c- going to compare Infinity War and Endgame, which one do you think? Because I, I, I have some room. I, I have some headroom above Infinity War if I wanted to give Endgame a higher score. What did you give Infinity War? A 9.5. Okay. And uh, it's not my highest score, so it goes Infinity War, Spider-Verse, Logan for me. Okay. 9.5, 9.6, 9.7. And Spider-Man 2 sit? Spider-Man 2 is 9.5. Okay. Okay. Um, I believe that Infinity War is closer to what Scorsese says is roller coaster. Mm. Okay. I believe that Endgame is a more complex film that focuses more on the characters' uh, stories, not just fitting everybody in as fast as possible to, you know, get them on screen. Mm. I think where this movie falls apart is when they try to do that at the end. Not severely. I mean, it's still a good scene, it's just not as quality for me as the rest of the movie. So that's why I'm not giving this too much higher than Infinity War. But it will sit comfortably at a 9.6. Mm, okay, I like that. 9.6. very, very good. That is yeah. really good. I don't believe in a uh, many 10 out of 10 movies. 10s out of 10s are the best of the best for me. Mm-hmm. Like the greatest movie yeah. of all time. Yeah. To Micah. To, yes. to me, yes. Yeah. Okay, and I don't pretend that uh, I'm no stranger to giving out tens. Not, oh. not that this movie gets a ten. So you get an eleven. Yes, giving an eleven. Put that in the rankings. Yeah. Let's go. Um, no, I really do like this movie a ton. I have that unique experience to where first time watching it, it wasn't an immediately like, I love this movie. That wasn't my immediate reaction. I really did like it, but I had problems with the time travel elements. I felt like. Cap's ending was a little rushed. I felt like Fat Thor wasn't my favorite. Professor Hulk was a critique. The Thanos story was a critique. All that, after thinking about it and looking at how it actually plays out, is so much, so good. I love that so much. And uh, t- Tony says it in the trailer and in this movie, you know, part of the journey is the end. Mm. Right? Why do we love the MCU? Because of all the great moments it gave us and then how it ends in this movie. And yeah, you can dive in. Oh, time travel allows them to play the hits, right? Like, uh, yeah, does this movie really get credit if they really just go back? Okay, you love this moment. Here's Peter Quill singing again. Here's the first Avengers that you love. Yeah, but it does more than that. It takes us back to what we love. Then it builds off what we love and gives us more. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to give us a 10. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a film critic and my 10s have to be exceptional. Not that Micah does that either, no. but uh, yeah, give this a 10. I just, I really love this movie. It, like Ben said, it's one of the reasons I love movies. Like the MCU gave me my love for film. Yes. Yeah, it yeah, very much yeah. did. And uh, I give this movie the credit it deserves when it comes to that. 
All right. 10, 10, 9.6. That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. That is pretty solid. So with a 10, a 10, and a 9.6, that averages us out to a 9.86. Ooh! Inching out. That's number one. Over Infinity War. To quote Doctor Strange. Boom. For audio listeners, Ben is holding up a single finger, much like Doctor Strange does in the final act of this film. Number one. We did it, boyos. Guys, wow. Who would I did thought? notice that we accidentally uh, tied up Ant-Man and X-Men last time. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> I also, I've given out three tens, I believe. Yes. Um, uh, ben, you've given out three tens. Endgame I have given is, out Endgame is my zero. favorite out of the tens. Mm. Endgame, I think Endgame is the best one so far. There's seven well, tens from uh, Mr. Onesloff himself. Yeah, I'm not going to say. Tens? I'm not going to say which, which one is my favorite of the ten might be this one but that's the beauty of going all the way up is i don't have to i don't, don't have, have to go to. further up yeah. yeah you don't have to well you know what you might have to next week mm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's right folks because next week we, we are have... not done endgame is not the end of no, our story no, here it's not as marvel decided that no Way Home, or Far From Home is the end of the Infinity Saga. We will be ending with Far From Home. Thus, we have two more movies. It would be so easy to end with one more and Far From Home, but Marvel's also squeaked in one more in between mm. Endgame and Far From Home. One more fun episode. Huh? Yep. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Dark Ooh. Phoenix, it will be a bright day for us, though. Yes. Getting to talk about a movie. Merry Christmas, guys. Yes. Our Christmas gift to you. Uh, we're recording yeah. this way sooner than Christmas, but... But Dark Phoenix will drop on Christmas. <laughs> It'll be our Christmas present. And I know that you guys haven't seen that movie. I've seen it once. Oh, you have seen it. I have okay. seen it once, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember anything of it, though. I, hey, I've never seen it. I also and uh, it was part of our my dad's watch through through the X Men movies with me. We skipped Deadpool two. We just did Dark Phoenix because we liked the real X Men stuff. Good. And we closed it out. The real X Men stuff. The real X Men. Yeah. So um, there you have it, folks. Here's something to look forward to. You got that. We've got Far From Home, and then after that, we're gonna do our. Year in review. Year in review. Multiverse awards. Yes. Not just limited to MCU stuff, not just limited to comic book stuff even. So tune into that. Um, it'll be a fun show. We're going to give out yeah. some multiverse awards. I've already got some nominees ready to go for me. Same here. <laughs> um, but yeah. Look forward to that stuff next week. Dark Phoenix. And it's also going to be Christmas time. Hope you're having a great holiday season. And I look forward to more podcasts coming in the future. As of right now, Avengers Endgame is number one on the Marvel Movie Marathon. Nice. Will this, it be beat? It could be. You know what? Dark Phoenix is pretty good. But stay tuned to find out. This is Ben Rayside. I love you 3000. Oh. Hulk out. <laughs> this is Micah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we all hope you have an absolutely fantastic day. <laughs>